welcome to episode 250 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man over in Oakland, California. He is not wearing a bandana. He's missing out. I'll explain shortly. It's Randy Michael Stapp. Yeah, that's me. No bandana, but I have been thinking about getting a headband recently. Uh, provide further context. Uh, just because last time I, I went out running, I got a lot of sweat in my eyes. And you know how that like affects your vision. You can't really like see because your sweat is salty. So I'm thinking about getting Remember, a headband. Clark. <laughs> Randy, as a reminder, senior year of high school, 2004, in the summer, two-a-days in Mississippi. It's hot. It's humid. I'm rolling around in the dirt, in the grime. I get a lacerated cornea some dirt literally cuts my eye i can't see when i'm driving home do i immediately start to freak out and think that i'm losing my vision as a 17 year old yes i do go to the doctor figure out that i cut my eyeball and i had to wear an eye patch for many months then after that actually it wasn't many months it was maybe six weeks then they made me wear a headband i wore one of those skull caps so i looked like ray lewis except not athletic at all and it looks really lame when a doofy looking <laughs> white guy has to wear a skull cap but yeah you gotta you gotta keep your sweat out of your eye man it, it, it that's bad news yeah and you lost me at ray lewis that's correct ray lewis is a uh, murderer who <laughs> okay. happened to play football like oj, OJ? allegedly that beat you to it there's a lot going on uh did he decapitate his victims though ray lewis mm-hmm I mean, let me tell you something. He legally decapitated his opponents on Sundays. Because <laughs> the man was an excellent middle linebacker. What are you, his agent? <laughs> Ray Lewis is one of the greatest football players of all time. Went to the U. Brandon, that means Miami. <laughs> also joining us is Russell Fisher <laughs> and Oksana Valerian of Anosaj. Boo! You, co- you gave us a dual, dual... I can't, though. Okay, it's... Russell John the Fisherman. I've been thinking about that since you did it last week. Look, can I can I fully explain how that happened? I think it was the day prior Tourette's? to the show, and I was downstairs, and I just thought of it, and I was so pleased with myself. <laughs> I was so pleased with myself, where I was able. I was like, it, this this works perfectly. Yeah, weirdly, because the name of the song is John the Fisherman uh, from Primus. You and I, we both like Primus. Mm-hmm. We both very much like that song. Your name is Russell John Fisher. Mm-hmm. It just, it's perfect. Yeah, it's really weird. So we have to <laughs> stick with it. Yeah, so I got bummed when you tried to truncate my intro with Oksana. I'm so sorry. But I'm still trying to find out a good one for Oksana. I may need a little bit more recon. But you got a week. And also, I may have to dig into some more of that Russian pop she's been listening to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, my Russian playlist on Spotify is great. Share that with me, because I would listen to that. Some of that <laughs> stuff, when, when you drove me back from the airport in the car, there's some good stuff in there. <laughs> um, so, uh, I won't say anything now. I would just say that uh, in the next portion of this show, we have an announcement to make uh, about the future of this very program. So, stay tuned. See, that's called a tease, baby. Nice. We're setting it up. It was good, and then you talked about how good it was. I know. I That's <laughs> typically what I do. That's what I do. 
I was gonna make another I thing. Know, I know you were. <laughs> That's like, why we I need a camera. To it. Your visual, just looking at your face, there's a lot going on. I know. Even though you try to hide every element of it under glasses and I a headband. I treat podcasting and... like professional poker. Sunglasses and bandanas. <laughs> we all are wearing bandanas. I like the bandana voice. Can this be the new thing? Can this go into oh. the new show that we talk about? No. Part of the tease. We talk about it too much in the regular show this week. Joining us on the show <laughs> is our friend, Kai. Kai has been on the show several times. Also, we learned he may have not been on the show for the last three or four years. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, but Kai runs a program at the Balboa Theater. And since the world is finally opening opening back up again, uh, Kai's regularly scheduled program will be back at the Balboa, uh, the Super Shangri-La Show. So uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time with Kai uh, later on to talk about uh, the show coming back. and be good to catch back up with our buddy Kai. But before we do all that, this is... Now, this is a part of the announcement that we're going to to uh, give you here shortly um, in the next segment um, about the future of the show and, and how we're going to change up a few things. We'll go into further detail. But uh, for the last time, this is the update from Oksana Valerian Osachi about <laughs> what's coming out this week. I didn't even think to mention... <laughs> The... <laughs> and this is why this is the last segment. <laughs> the Super Shangri-La show, which is going to be next Wednesday at the Balboa. But aside from that, it is the slowest week for releases as far as I could tell. The only thing coming out on VOD is a movie we already talked about like three times. Spencer. Yeah, this is why we got to let you go. Like, supply and demand. We really have no supply here, and there never was a demand. So we just really can't keep you on the payroll. That's right. Back to Odessa, you go. <laughs> was that it? I mean, <laughs> it's playing. So you're, mention, right. you're mentioning a movie that we talk about ad nauseum in, in this show. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. All right. You know what? Hopefully, we'll find more work for you in the future. <laughs> you get the videos out, you, you're, you're banished. Go hang out with Creepy Clark. For any questions, right. queries, concerns, or comments, please direct those at podcast at overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one. Find us. Like, comment, tell a friend, tell them me. in my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hours available on Facebook is The Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hours available on Instagram is The Overlook Theater. The Overlook Hours available on Twitter is The Overlook Hour. And The Overlook Hours available on YouTube. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell them me. Randy. While we're teasing things here, I will say that, um, I will be doing this show from a separate location next week. Tune in to find out. Any more information on that, Randy? That's what the tease is for. Okay, thank you so much. But you're in a separate location every week. That's also correct. A different separate location. (laughs) Fair. Russell, your retort. Is it a treehouse in your backyard? Randy? No, but also never go with a hippie to a second location. Oh, God. No more 30 Rock references. Enjoy Damn, I thought that was cool until you let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, see, now you hate it, don't yeah, you? Now I really hate yep. it. Yep. Randy, take us home. I already did.
bell rang. I got up from the couch and saw through the peephole a big scary ghost. I waited a solid minute and a half for the ghost to float away, but when I sat back down, a big fart noise filled the room because, I think, a second ghost put a rude-ass whoopee cushion right there where I like to place my buns of steel. I had been a big, scary, sexy cyborg this whole time. I wasn't sure if you were actually going to read the parentheses right there is this officially where bench fry has jumped the shark uh i don't know is this officially what we're calling it i think we'd have to zoom out and look at the whole segment and realize that he's you know taking it completely over and maybe the segments jumped well he's cheating now this is this is clearly a cheat. (laughs) i mean yeah it's it's he's got the parentheses yeah well i mean it's i mean should we get technical i think the period is what well, when you have a segment called the two-sentence horror story, you, you got to get technical. Don't interrupt me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think technically you actually added words to his already long sentence as well. I was following along. I swapped scary and sexy. I know that happened. Um, you did. They're one in the same. <laughs> I wish you, you could see me. his I face. Can... <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Wait, the cat's out of the bag. I scared. All right, the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> I mean, it's already sort of uh, preempting our announcement, I guess. I All don't right. know. I'm gonna fight you on it. We may see you next week, creep. All right, just let me know. <laughs> All right. Not that it really makes a difference anymore. I'm never that far away. All right. Well, before you leave, do you want to say anything in case you never come? No. Back? All right. Bye. I. You know, he was an important addition to the show. He. We just need to find a place for. Him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'm pushing for YouTube. I. I would love to see a video component. You know, uh, we all are very proud of, and no one is more proud than he of his uh, physical manifestation. So um, it is a possibility where we will see more of Creepy Club. But uh, this is episode 250. And uh, yeah, we still got to do a regular intro. (laughs) So maybe we could do it in there. No, we're doing it right now. Well, I mean, technically they would hear it. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's very confusing. It's been confusing because we, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the new format so much. And then I kind of forgot that we still are going to do the old format for this one. But it uh, doesn't matter. So cat's out of the bag there. Uh, Schrodinger. Is that how Schrodinger's cat works? <laughs> Randy, so. you're a nerd who knows things. I don't think that's how it works. But okay. maybe. <laughs> it might apply in some sense. We decided that we are going to change the format of the show uh, to benefit us and, frankly, to benefit you, the listener. Um, we, we, when we started this show, we, we knew our strengths and we were going to learn our weaknesses. And our strengths was that we knew each other and we were friends and we knew how to talk. <laughs> God, I hate that. Everything else. We had nothing else. I mean, that's pretty much that it. That was it. <laughs> I, also, I didn't even want to be on the show. What else are our strengths? Um, yeah. I mean, we. We all have gotten much better <laughs> in, the, in the last five years. Five years, by the way. Yeah. 200, 250 episodes. Um, and after that, you know, we, we, the, the loose 
nature of the show uh, was really there because um, <laughs> I, I've been listening to podcasts for a very long time, and I just think that the the loose organic nature of a podcast is uh, one of its more attractive features, and the overproducing of podcasting uh, started the sort of corporatization. And you know, we're we're small grassroots independent show and we always will be um you know if if we ever get a sellout check from manscape we will gladly take that but nothing is ever really going to change by the way as far as manscape is concerned they're back in my good graces i sent them an email let them know that my manscape uh lawnmower 2.0 malfunctioned without question sent me a new one yeah while you were gone we got like three packages we're like what the fuck is he doing in well, arizona they gave, me, they gave me my refill which i was due uh and then they they sent me the new lawnmower 2.0 Without question, it's like you're you're out of town getting packages from Manscaped the whole time. Hey man, wait a minute. You know, I was unscathed <laughs> down there in Phoenix. <laughs> I, God, I shaved so much hair off of my body yesterday. It was weird. In preparation for two fifty. Well, in preparation for this heat wave we're in right now, baby. Heat wave. I say it's heat wave. It may be seventy nine degrees outside. Wait, wait, come back. You were talking about how you listened to podcasts for a long time and then you wanted to free flow format. And I'm curious at what point you thought the world needed this podcast to come in. Well, we, we, we have, all, we have changed so many things in the, the last 250 episodes that we've done. And I think, you know, that's the thing. We're not married to anything. I'm like, Hey, let's try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we abandon. And then if it does work, we stick with it. And it just at 250, I felt like it was a good time for us to sort of change things up. Um, so we're going to do that now. So what we're going to do is release the episodes into two. We're going to go to a bi-weekly format. We will release the first show on Tuesday, uh, which will be um, roughly an hour. We're, we're trying to stick with that um, to where it's, it's just us. Um, and then on Thursdays uh, will be our interview portion of the show. Um, and so we will have Tuesday, Thursdays, and that will be the overlook hour for the foreseeable future. Um, we are not going behind a paywall. Um, <laughs> it's, it, everything will be right there for you. We just feel like breaking it up. Uh, we'll just, we just want to see how that works and uh, see what that looks like. Um, and if we want to change back, we'll change back. But right now, this is uh, the direction we want to go in and what we're thinking about doing. And just, you know, when we got into the point of three-hour episodes, and then I started listening back to those and I just felt like that we could trim some things up. And so that we're going to give that a heads up. Be, also, be more frank about what you thought. Because I thought it was really interesting. I got high <laughs> about two weeks ago. And I was listening to the show. And when this happens, it can go either one of two ways. I either giggle uncontrollably and think we're heading in the right direction. This is funny. Or I think this is the worst piece of shit I've ever heard in my life, and I want to just crawl inside a hole and die. This was somewhere in the middle, to where I, I felt like there were, there were good things happening, but we could clean this up. And there's no question that we can clean this up. For example, I could clean up this intro of what I'm doing right now, which in the future will be a part of that. But being that this is the end of the old yeah. show, I figured that I would do the old. I'm with you. But... um. I just felt like when I was listening to the show, there were a lot of inside jokes and um, it's just not 
the most pleasant listening experience for new <laughs> listeners. Now, if you're a longtime listener, I'll high five you later because I preached about that forever, even though I think I may be the worst offender when it comes to that stuff. I just can't help it. Well, it was just. I wanted us to be comfortable. So ultimately, that was my big that was my big concern, um, because like you. You did not want to be on the show. No. However, I needed you on the show because you were the driving force behind the show. Now, essentially how this show started, it was like, you know, you had the you had the website and I was you, like, you go ahead and call it a blog, a blog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well. That and word used to hurt a lot, but it's a fucking blog. And I was like, you know, you ever think about doing a podcast and you were like, yeah, but I don't really want to do it. But he's like, if you want to do it, we'll do it. And dude, I, I needed an outlet. You know, it's so weird even hearing that because back then I didn't even know what the fuck a podcast was. Yeah. I just, you know, honestly, I just like being a part of projects and I'm like, Hey, if you need me for something, I'll show up and I'll do it. That's all I want. It's like, it could have been anything. And then I'm like, Oh God, you want me to talk on that fucking thing? Like, Oh, I did not want that. Originally it was supposed to be you in a, a third chair, which would have never happened. We wouldn't have gotten past episode one. Oh God. Have you ever gone back and listened to like maybe the first 20? It's rough. Like any of them? Yeah. And I knew it was going to be rough. That was the whole thing. Cause I, again, I was coming from, you know, with stand up, and I know you gotta, you gotta fail in a small room in front of strangers from Europe. You know, you got me, oh man, uh, quickly because you love Tim Dillon and you worship him. That's, uh, uh, he that's shows up on my search engine. I like strong. him a lot too. I, I know Randy hates him. him. Randy hates anybody related to QAnon. And uh, after that Bitcoin conference, uh, I've just been like kind of watching his shit again. And he showed up on that podcast, Kill Tony, and which is basically open mic with a roasting platform built in. It might be one of my favorite things ever. And uh, I can't do it. And, you know, I've I've gotten into it. And when 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 I watch people show up there and all you get is the product, right? Just the product. They're one minute of stand up. And then they ask him how long you've been doing it. It's shocking how people might go up there and kill and be like, this, this is the first time I've ever done it. And they're like, uh, congratulations. And there are other people who are like, uh, 11 years. And it's like, wow, the time, you know, we've been doing this for five years. And I'm like, at a, at a point you start to think like, well, how long are we going to do it? And like, why? And I really think it's, you know, the journey, you just got to learn from it. Well, we're doing it because we want to. Oh, for sure. And the reason why we're changing the format is because we want to. Yeah, I think it could be better. Exactly. Yeah. And we all think that. So um, why not give it a shot? So that's just what we're doing. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, nothing else is changing um, except we're, we're streamlining everything. We're going to do uh, a few more segments. Um you know, there's going to be some bits. Yeah, we had that weird where I was like really into radio for like four months. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, Who but cares? so that shifted. We'll probably do, you know, I like doing the clips. Uh, they'll probably do audio clips segments up top. The thing that I think is going to be the most shocking change is trying to stay true to our name for the first time ever and keeping the show to an hour. I'm a little worried about that. And I came in today saying, you know what? Today's going to be the, the test run. We're going to do it. And I already think we've <laughs> overshot it just with this conversation. Well, I mean, 
we chose the Overlook Hour because it sounds cool. It's yeah. better than the Overlook podcast. The Overlook yeah, Hour. that's whack. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Randy, your thoughts? I'm with it. Tuesday, Thursday, baby. There we go. Angry Randy. That's going to be a new segment <laughs> where you just yell and challenge people to find you on the streets. I've never yelled. Also, I said that kindly, sort of. No. <laughs> have you ever, have I heard you raise your voice? Probably not. No, I was just talking about this uh, yesterday with, with some family members. It doesn't happen often. Wait, you yelling at your mom yesterday, dude? No, we were just talking about my cool and calm demeanor and how I never raise my voice. When was the last time you raised your voice and to whom? That's the thing. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you don't get angry. Because, Randy, you get that twitchy energy. Oh, it's true. Like, you get red in the face, and you get, like, kind of that, like... When Randy gets when Randy gets perturbed, <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, but you, he doesn't get loud. Yeah. Which is a problem, you know, when he finds his uh, domestic uh, counterpart. His neighbors will never know when he's beating her. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It'll be very quiet. The silent beating. <laughs> Randy stat story. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. Russ, anything else to add that nah, we're changing the show? Just kind of living in the moment. I feel more work on the horizon, even though it's going to be a tighter product. And I'm like, you know, I kind of like just fucking around on here. Again, I'm going to keep pushing to do video. I feel like there's a, there's a live stream platform. Yes, it's not outside of... Again, we, we need to maximize what we can on the audio end. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and we'll get there. But I want to fuck around, like on live stream. Like, I know. The shit we've, I've been doing over just at the Just do BFB. it, baby. Get a camera. Oh, I mean, we got a bunch. They're just, like, See, chilling. Uh, what? You're like, a, you're like a contractor who's just going out and building all these houses <laughs> and not finishing the houses. Oh, I get it. I know. You've just, you've got this village of abandoned buildings. Well, there's, there's like many a turn of phrase to be like, you know, the one who tries to do all succeeds at none or some shit. Well, it was like, you know, uh, our, our, our beloved friend and former guest of the show, Travis Z, always talks about just shooting arrows out into the, mm -hmm. you know, there's the thing. He's like, what is he, a Gemini or what is it? He's like, I'm, I'm an Aries. I just shoot arrows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot we can do, and I think um, tightening the show up will free up a lot of other shit too. So it'll be cool, and then Randy will stop getting mad at us for recording for like five hours a day. That's true. You guys just dropped for me for like forty five seconds, but I caught that part. Okay. <laughs> for the record, Randy's not the only one. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like it either. What are you gonna do? Cry. Yeah, stop crying, Randy. Jeez. I don't cry, baby. All right. Yeah, you show zero emotion. I don't know how. Have you ever? Yeah, I have. I don't Not... believe you. I don't... <laughs> it happens on occasion. For a dude who loves film and Criterion, I would imagine that you'd be more like empathetic with like the filmmaking spectrum. But I doubt a film has ever made you cry. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Last time that's happened. Not even like babe. I think I just, I know <clears throat> that it's fake too much, you know, that I can't, I can't uh, dive in a hundred percent. Wow. 
weird. Even with like a drama? Yeah, I don't know. It's always like still in the back of my mind, you know? It's it's like the part of me that just overthinks everything. You gotta get weird. uh you gotta get a little um alcohol and you get rid of some of that prefrontal cortex, you know what I'm saying? Actually, I'm gonna use that as a terrible segue. Actually, it's a good segue, but I'm I'm worried I won't be able to follow it up correctly. Confirmed. So Randy having problem what? What what is the Randy having problem? What is the <laughs> I can't think of the the phrase now. When people say like you have to suspend disbelief. Uh-huh. Is that it? Yep. I feel like there's gotta be a better one out there. Anyway, Randy having a um you watch movies and you you know that they're fake, so you can't cry. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, that might be the reason. But what about documentaries? Well, I feel like storytelling is so human. That even if somebody was like lying, but they're sitting in the room telling you. Yes, but see, here's here's you just nailed it. Randy is not human. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's our engineer. He works in tech. He engineers. He's trying to become a cyborg. <laughs> also, since we're talking about technical things, you may hear a low hum in the background. That is a fan. I will not turn it off because it is hot in this room. If it is bothering you, listen to something else. <laughs> cool mind talk too dude i can't hear anything on your end i'm curious if anybody can hear it on our end either i don't know it may sound like vietnam (laughs) sounds like like the beginning of apocalypse now (laughs) sure (laughs) started walking down a road i didn't want to walk down i got it um yeah man it's kind of like fucking my energy up i'm like sweating you have a headband on i need it i need to get a headband you want me headband bros yeah. I'm gonna get your head there. Keep the shit out of my eyes. No, don't do it now. Doing it now. Oh, God. Oksana, you want one? <laughs> How many headbands do you have? All right. I'm looking at uh, headbands on Amazon right now. I was thinking about getting some the other day, too, when I was running. Did you quit? Quit running? Yeah. Uh, no, I just taken a hiatus for a week. I don't know. I've been in Pleasanton like since Thursday, so I usually only run on the weekends, and then I didn't this weekend you know that's a movie trope that i never felt comfortable with where it's like um you get it a lot in horror movies where a couple will go out on a vacation and you know usually they have a hollywood actress (laughs) in the film and they're very good looking so a lot of the time you get like the mise-en-scene of the town with them jogging in like an unfamiliar location Mm -hmm. and every time i've ever gone to like san diego for like a convention even when I was working out all the time, I thought, like, hey, maybe I should, like, continue to work out here. And, like, you know, we're sharing a hotel room, so maybe I should go outside. And I'm just like, who? nobody really does that. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I get it. Like, if you're even in just in Pleasanton, I wouldn't go jogging. Like, I, I feel like you have to be comfortable with that area. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of my thing, too. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I do know the area very well since I grew up there, but. I know, like, my route in Oakland where I can go, like, almost exactly three and a half miles, you know? So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go. So I guess I'm not, not good at just freestyling it when I start running. <laughs> Freestyle jogging? Yeah. All right. Clark brought in a, a bandana. It was tied already. And I've seen him wear it before. So I, I made a snap decision. I'm like, am I just going to put this on? And I did. It's orange. I think there was hair in it. When I put it on, I'm very aware of that stuff because I have long hair. 
So like if I'm ever like in the bathroom at work and I look down, there's like a long black hair. I get embarrassed, even though it might not be mine. I'm, it's just that thing where it's like, well, it's probably mine. For sure. And he brought one for Oksana. This is dumb. I don't know what we're doing. We really do need to recall this whole show. Again, your visual gags for the audio podcast. Dude, we look sick as fuck right now, dude. Anyway, um, I think we're done fucking around, right? Now we're going to get real and serious. Yeah, with a with a with a Russell retread, bro, from Randy. Oh, no, not yet. I, I remember in the new format, yeah, you're too we're early. Segments. We're doing segments up top. Then we're not however. doing the new format. This is the old format. I know, but it's we training got, wheels. We got to go out with a bang, brother. Oh, yeah, I feel it. I'm going to go out with a bang when okay. I pass out from a heat stroke. Can I just say how natural you look with a, a bandana, bandana headband? <laughs> That's fucking dumb. Randy, he looks like a natural. He looks like... What does that mean? It looks like you just got off your Harley, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> looks like you just got off your Harley and you're like, I want an old Rasputin. That is... That would never... It'd be like a Bud Light. By the way, they have a new special release, barrel-aged old Rasputin. I don't like the barrel-aged shit. You don't like the barrel-aged? Nah. You're missing out. Like, uh, for five years in a row, that's all I would get my dad was like whiskey. And I forget, I forget. whiskey in the jar. Whiskey in the barrel. And, you know, it's like aged a hundred years. It's like, OK, whatever. That's a long time. Yeah, it's really I would always think like how what they planned that like it was going to hit the shelf in BevMo a hundred years from now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But um, well, the barrel, the barrel is a hundred. years old. That's what that means. Yeah. Re- oh, I'm an yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. That's okay. I didn't I either. Mean, dude, the, so they found an old barrel? Typically, <laughs> yeah. I'm tr- dude, no joke. Wait, so they have like five-year-old barrels? Yeah. Do they have like a birthday? They have like a ceremony? It's like you've graduated. Now we- well, I mean, they do it with whiskey. They do it with wine. Um, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that well, you're not going to hear <laughs> in the future. No, you'll hear it. I mean, it will sneak in, but it I won't. Mean, look, man, you can put a shark in a different ocean and it's still going to swim. You understand? No. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on. Um, because this week I've got another edition of the uh, Thomas Burke report. The TBR report. The TBR report. Which is very similar to the ATM machine. What? The TBR report. Yeah, I'm with you. Thomas Burke report. Uh Uh-huh. ATM machines is M is machine in the title. Oh, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot. So the TBR. Automated telling machine. Is that what ATM stands for, Randy? I'm not sure. If only we (laughs) had someone with computer access. I forget what the T means. Dude. So I've been, th- I, I told you, I brought this Telling, up. Telling, teller, like a bank teller. I brought this up like a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, automated teller machine. So when I was like, you know, it's weird to me that report is also in the acronym. So I think the acronym might mean the Thomas Burke recommendation, which is not a good title, which would also justify why it's an acronym. Yeah, the Thomas Burke recommendation report. Which is, you know, that's why we don't say it that way. But TBR sounds, that's good. Yeah, I know. I like TBR. Those are three good letters that belong 
with each other. Yeah. And who are we to separate them? Um, so I did have a segue earlier when Randy was talking about um, being unable to suspend disbelief and in turn cry when he feels like another human might. And this week I, I brought Clark in on our uh, the TBR. TBR report uh, movie, which was horror in the high up. desert. You know what? I'll I'll just read from the email and then I'll go on to what I was going to yeah, say. Horror in the high desert. I believe I laughed. Over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Thomas email. He said, "This week I bring to you a new release on Tubi called Horror in the High Desert." Um, in 2017, an experienced outdoor enthusiast vanished in northern Nevada. What Nevada? Nevada. While on an outdoor excursion. On the three-year anniversary of his disappearance, friends and loved ones recall the events leading up to his vanishing and for the first time speak about the horrifying conclusion of his fate. He said, okay, so if you haven't watched this one yet, I think you all are in for a treat. I've already watched this twice now because I love it so much. With the majority being uh, sort of a slow burn mockumentary, you might be asking yourself halfway through, why the hell did Thomas Burke recommend this to me? But give it a chance and stick with it all the way through, because if you do, I promise there's a satisfying ending here. Also, the main protagonist is sort of an oddball, which I found intriguing, and it makes him very likable. I've heard different, uh, differing opinions about the ending, where some like and others don't, so I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, he also said, you know, I wasn't going to no, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, so... Horror in the High Desert, it's on Tubi, and it is brand new. It came out in 2021. And I was talking to Tom earlier this week, and he had asked me, what's my favorite sub-sub-genre of found footage? And I think I told him- Sub-sub-genre? Yeah, like like the, what's your favorite sub-genre of found footage? Like screen life. Yeah. Like, um, examples would be like uh, snuff fiction, or maybe a faux documentary, or, you know, like the different kinds of found footage. Or like- Television, news television. Yeah, like like news magazine. And um I think I was trying to have a good answer for him. And I'm like, you know, I think I really like security camera footage, like hangman. Like if we could do one where it's just like it's uh like direct cinema from you know, security cameras. And other than hangman, I really don't know a lot. I know there are a couple, but I think I was wrong. And horror in the high desert is a lot like Phoenix Forgotten where the first two acts are a faux documentary about something that had happened. And the third act is like a new discovery. And um, I don't really want to spoil this movie. Just a heads up for you, Clark, because I know you watched it with me. Correct. But I do think it's important to say that the third act is like, you know, uh, new footage and kind of like, you know, a, uh, it's a period to the story. It's an ending. Yes. And I think this is my favorite subgenre. I don't know what I would call it, though. Where it's almost like exploration, faux documentary ending with like snuff fiction. <laughs> I'm sure there's a better way to describe that. But I love the like, we're going to give you context to this like creepypasta or something. Like the third yeah. act could be a video that you just stumble upon on Reddit and be like, dude, what the fuck's going on here? And in the format of a movie, the first two acts are just setting up the footage. Well, there's actual found footage within. So this is a faux documentary with found footage integrated within that photoc. Yeah. Which I think might the best example might be um Phoenix Forgotten? I really did Lake Mungo 
end that way? Would that mm-hmm. count? Yeah. I don't know. I think this might be my favorite one. And uh, I've, I've been holding this book, and I wanted to segue, because remember that lady's name who was practicing saying earlier? Uh, Margaret Schreier? She's a uh, professor at a university. She does a lot of psychology stuff. But in that, um, that book that I love to reference and always get the author's name and the title of the book wrong, uh, found footage horror films, Fear and the, rea- the Appearance of Reality. I can never say that name correctly. Um, Alexandra Heller Nicholas, she uh, quotes her in it. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, this quote comes out of the idea that a lot of people think the Blair Witch Project only worked and was a box office hit because people thought it was real. And when the film came out in Australia, it, the cat was already out of the bag and people knew that it was, it was fake. In Australia? Yeah. And um, it still killed. It crushed. Like it still had the same return that it did in America. So um, Margaret Schreier is uh, reflecting on that. And she says, there are some recipients who willingly enter into the game of the directors, yet do so with a kind of double consciousness. They keep themselves deliberately ignorant of the fictional status of the film with a view to a higher enjoyment of the ambiguities, yet knowing full well on a meta level, a meta level that keeping themselves ignorant is necessary only because they know about the film is fiction. So she's talking about like this negotiation that horror fans have with found footage where they come in and they're like, I know it's fake, but I'm making a conscious effort or maybe subconscious where for this time I'm treating it as it's real. Uh, yeah, I do that with porn every day. Yeah, but you don't do it with found footage, I don't think. Jerk off? Eh. <laughs> okay, maybe. No, but, like, there were moments when we were watching this movie, and I was, like, deeply invested. Like, I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I'm tense. And then, you know, I could just, I could feel your vibe that you're putting out. And you were not sharing that sentiment. And um, further in the book, she even gets into, like, how it's almost like an ARG, like an alternate reality game that people are participating in. So if you could imagine the Blair Witch Project as a game, and it's like, okay, if the negotiation here is that you have to come in and take it seriously and pay attention and just forget that it's fake for a little bit. I think those are the people that like found footage. And it's not because they're like dumb or ignorant. It, it's just you're, you're willing to like, you know, remove the armor and kind of live in this weird reality. And I'll tell you, you really need it for, for horror in the, des- the high desert. Like, it's an indie production. And I mean, there's, there's no hiding that. There's a lot of weird choices that happen. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, contextual shit where you're like, I don't know if that would happen that way. But if you can shrug that off, I really think this movie's worth it. Like, one of the things you mentioned. Now... Uh, full disclosure, I think me and Oksana turned on this movie um, on Thursday when Thomas sent me uh, his new report. And we started it like midnight. And I got like 45 minutes in and she was falling asleep and I was kind of like in and out. I'm like, OK, I got to end it. Like, I want to I want to come back and be like fully invested. And there were a couple things like our main character, his sister looks like she birthed him. She looks like she could be his grandma. That was wild. And they never touch on it. They never touch on it. And it annoyed me the entire runtime of this movie. See, now in my head, when I got that, I was like, okay. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, I was like, but it did sort of like 
set the table for the rest of the movie. Now, again, to to provide a rebuttal on you talking about what? Oh, okay. So Oksana pulled up a picture of the actress. She looked, my God, she's like a chameleon. She looks younger in that picture, but her gray hair. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Her name is Tanya. That's a home run. She looks like a Tanya. <laughs> Good job, parents. No question. No, but <clears throat> she keeps saying like, oh, my brother. And it it's it's so, you're so aware of it that you almost think she's like lying. It is, there is a solid, a solid 20 to 25 year age difference. At least it looks that way. Yeah. And, you know, again, in my head, that's what I'm telling myself. Like, do you think it helps verisimilitude or hurts it when something... It hurts it when she's talking about a scenario when they were children camping together. And in no point where he was he a child and you were a child. But here's the thing. Unless we have a Benjamin Button scenario. I feel like shit like that would never happen in a real production. And I don't I, you know, I avoided saying Hollywood because I don't think it matters if it's a feature. I think if a TV crew had that, they would have a makeup department like deal with her because they're they're hyper aware of what the audience is going to think. And they they're an authority. So they don't want people to question shit like that. So the fact that she looked that old and it was that off, I was kind of like it kind it could read true. Where it's like this would only happen in like a indie production. Which, you know, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, the frame is a faux doc, but we never hear about, like, who's filming it. Like, we don't, it feels like a TV crew. Like, yeah. it would be, like, uh, A&E or something. Yeah. But we're, we're never made aware no. of who's putting on that production. No. That's really weird now that I'm thinking about it. But again, it's, that's not the only thing. Uh, they hire a private eye at one point in the movie. Private and that, eye. And that guy is so not what a Hollywood PI is that oh, I'm no. like, is that like, is that a choice he, or also who provided? I assume, I assume there was no wardrobe in this movie and that the clothes or the clothes of the actor. Oh yeah. Um, so apparently he likes a leather jacket that look like trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. But see now again, does that hurt or hinder? Like if you have a PI I'm with you, with weird like a quirk i'm like well i imagine most pis would be quirky weirdos look here's the thing does everything work in this movie no and that's okay because i think there's there's i have great appreciation for this movie like i could never why why yeah to be clear i'm only addressing it because i think it's an interesting it is thing it is definitely an interesting thing it's an interesting and uh i would 100 percent show this movie now here's another thing our main character who's named Gary, which might be the most unfortunate name to pick. Now, did that ever cross your mind, calling him Gary the R? Because uh, oh. when, the minute we hear some audio from him, no, I and think... I'm, I'm, you know, I want to be delicate here, because this is another situation where he starts talking, and you're like, does this guy have, like, Down syndrome? And then, you know, they, they set it up with his we love just... of trains. Yeah. And, I... like, he's a loner, and I'm like, I've... It's a weird. He, he does have a speech impediment. Um, I never once made that connection uh, with the uh, character well, from the Whack Pack of Howard Stern. No, but I mean Gary. I'm like, I dude, get it. And, and the thing is, there it, it it paints a picture in this movie that there's a lot being unspoken, which kind of adds to the build. 
Because, I mean, you're sitting there, you're like, what are we dealing with here? Aliens? And yeah. it's like, you know, I'm not going to say whether that's correct or not, but the movie is just, it's plentiful. Because you're like, okay, it's called Horror in the High Desert. So it's clearly a horror movie. But for about 55 minutes, you wouldn't know. And they're kind of just laying a bunch of lore out. Oh, yeah. The, the whole thing is the build towards the third act when we're actually looking at the footage of what happened. And there is no sense of horror until we get there. And then you get there. And, and it's, then we get ooh. there and like, okay, now we're doing well, things. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Now, I don't. Now, I'll tell you, the first, the first scare was very effective. And, and taken straight out of the book of James Wan. Hold on. Let me, let me jump in there and be like, the bar is not high here. I do not want people to hear this and be like, I got to go fucking see this movie right now because it's going to scare the shit out of me. Like, you got you to gotta shuck all that. You really got to be in the ARG mode. Yes. However, if you do listen to this show and you do actually follow up with some of our recommendations, like, this is, this is within the, the trend. Yeah, dude. Uh, honestly, all, all the found footage movies that I've seen, I think um, Thomas nailed it with the email. Like, like you asked, you're like, hey, what did, how did Tom set this one up? And uh, what I told you, he said, stick with it. And I think, um, you know, clearly, you know, honestly, in uh, the future episodes, I'm going to do a better job of setting up who Thomas Burke is. He's a found footage filmmaker who probably has seen more of them than anybody. Now, we do talk to a found footage critic creator, Michael Steinberg, and he's deeply like he quit his job as being a lawyer to take on that website. But I don't think he's seen everything. And I think Thomas really is. He's trying to watch it all. And him pointing this film out as a stick with it kind of. I don't think you'll you know, the ending's worth it, dude, it's fucking worth it. and. Man, it's really good. I just I think you you need to be aware as an audience member that when you come into found footage, you got to be able to shelf a lot of the uh technical stuff. Right. Now again, I is let's go let's go back to the casting of the sister, which again <laughs> is a generational difference. Yeah. Which I mean, look, happens, maybe which does happen. Like, yeah. you know, there 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 are cases to where, you know, a brother and sister may be 20 years apart. That now the reason why I say that they stuck with this and didn't really address it um, is because she's solid. Mm -hmm. she, she's, she's good. She's, she's good. She's good in this role because um, mm, I don't want to touch on a whole lot there, but there's, there's a lot to her performance and there's a lot to her personality that brings a whole new caveat. Ooh. A little tease. You like that? Into what <laughs> into what the, the, the movie is. So um well, so she in that looks... regard, I only think now here's the thing. I think that they casted the right person. And I think Gary was the right person. And I think they're just like, all right, we'll make it work. Um, but I think there were maybe a couple different things. Again, again, you know, we're going into that contextual thing, and there are certain things that just sort of drove me crazy. But like this movie charmed the hell out of me, man. Well here's so I think it's interesting how different we see the material because with me, when, when you have that negotiation that this is an ARG, whether or not it was the right choice doesn't matter anymore. I never had that negotiation with myself because I, I don't know how to process that, but continue. <laughs> well, whether or not it's the right choice, it's kind of what I would always say about acting. Like I'm not a good 
uh, critic when it comes to actors, because I always assume that the director got what they wanted. And same thing here where her looking like a whole full generational gap um, older, like in my mind, I think to, well, it's probably because she's had a fucking hard time losing her brother for three years and she's aged unnaturally. And maybe she's had a breakdown or, you know what I mean? Like but that's where my I, mind goes. I've aged unnaturally just for having to go back between here and Phoenix for a month. And a half. <laughs> so imagine Randy, I got gray hairs now, baby. That's tight. Get more. <laughs> I don't know. Gray hair and a baby face is just not, it's not a good look. Dude. Gray hair and a baby face. Gray that's... hair and a baby face. That was our old show. <laughs> yeah, I got gray in my beard, not in my head though. You got in your beard? Yeah, dude, I have all, I have orange, red, like, Orange and red. Yeah, it's it's getting crazy. What? There'll only be like one, but yeah, there's gray. Were you exposed to some sort of chemical fire? What? I did. I did break a thermometer open when I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you got mercury poisoning. I did, and I was um, hypnotized uh. by it. <laughs> now, here's the thing: I don't want to spoil <laughs> a lot of this movie, and there is an important thing actually it's not important also have you come to the realization that we've talked about this movie maybe longer than the runtime of the movie yeah that's true <laughs> and i'll try and wrap it up there is a thing though where uh so in the third act the way that the footage is discovered in it's so in phoenix forgotten it's literally like the documentary was done in about an hour which i thought was pretty cool because that's a regular runtime length phoenix forgotten was painful i do i love that movie it, did you see it in a theater yeah, we saw it together. Okay. Yeah, I loved it. Randy was there. Um, yeah, I dug it. So in the third act, it's like an amendment to the to the feature. And they're like, hey, something new happened. We we found the footage. And they move forward. In this film, it's part of the documentary, which you're like, well, how? Like, how do they not address that right off the top? And it's because they all suddenly discover that Gary had a blog. Now, me and you were like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, the thing is, it's totally possible that Oksana's been blogging, and we have no idea about it, and it's a hit. No. I, I, I don't buy that. that. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. And I, because, I, look, I have tried for the past three hours <laughs> to try and, like, have a new point of view on that, but the, the way that they structured this thing, yeah. because they needed this as a part of the movie. Like, the the third act, hinged on this whole blog thing and i just didn't buy it well um, and then when we get to the action it caught me back up because i was like okay this is kind of fun so you're saying it, ju it justified the weirdness i don't know if it justified it just we just moved on well the thing is so they talk about how his blog he never uses his real name and i'm like okay you could google somebody's name and it would you know it would pop up if he had used it so i'm like it's enough for me it was okay you know like he's got 50,000 followers. And if that were the case, I just, the timeline that they set up in terms of them having the investigation and having the search, and then they called off the search, and then the sister or someone, no, not no. even the detective, I know what you're like, thinking. I found the blog. And the detective's like, they found the blog before we did. I was like, well, the, what good are you <laughs> as a detective? 50,000 people found this fucking blog. You couldn't? So, Again, regional regional news. Uh, still, yeah, you'd think maybe somebody would connect the face and reach out. And 
Now, the regional news report, I didn't hate. No, actually, honest, I made a note. It might be the best fake news report. It's up there. Now, they had the, the ticker at the bottom. They got a little too cute with it. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad. That guy could be an anchor. Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if he was an anchor. The format was a little too... And I'll tell you, it's it's funny that it stood out to both of us. Clearly, because this is a mixed media. Like That's what you get with a, a faux documentary. And that element of the whole movie felt the most polished. Now, I'll agree with you. And I'll tell you right now, I have seen an infinite number of movies who have fucked it up yeah, oh, yeah. way worse than this one. Oh, yeah. It's like kind of like a skanky looking broad in front of a green it's, screen. It's and insane. you're like, that's not a news it's reporter. It's insane <laughs> how unnatural, how, how they just can't get news report right. That one, they nailed it. It's pretty good. Congratulations. Anyway, what I was trying to work into is the blog element. So what ends up happening is uh, Gary makes a discovery, and on his blog, he posts videos about shit. Except the discovery he makes that terrifies him, he doesn't have video for. And the internet turns on him. And they start saying, like, man, you're a liar. Like, what the fuck? What are we doing? Like, and they start questioning everything prior. And they're just like, dude, if you, if you saw it, why didn't you film it? You film everything. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, dude, that's, that's a cool... That's a cool uh, narrative effect because it instantly reminded me of the devil and father of Mort where I'm like, I had no reason to question that movie until that final fucking weird moment where there's a prompt and he's like, I didn't get any video of this, but this is the wackiest thing that happened. Yeah. Cause my instinct was, well, now I, you called into question everything prior. Right. And in this movie, I feel like that would be a moment where you could be like, dude, they wouldn't turn on him. Like if they're fans and I, and instantly I was taken back to that film. I'm like, no, they totally would. And also the best part about the devil and father Mort is the poster, but the poster looks like it should be a cover of a novel. That's true. Yeah. Right? It does look like a book. It hundred percent looks like a book. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, Which you know is, what it may have should have been. If you're uh, <laughs> the type of person that looks forward to the TBR report, I'm sure you've probably seen the devil and father Mort. If you hadn't, I highly suggest checking it out. Because it's such a like historical nonfiction moment that turns questionable by the last by the last fucking five minutes that I think it really would play well with this feature. I say you should watch Sorcerer instead. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Make that's, it a triple that's, feature. That's prime freaking. We'll do. Uh, you open up with Sorcerer. You get everybody pumped. Oh, have you not seen Sorcerer? Negative. No, I haven't. Sorcery. Randy, have you seen it? Negative. Wait, Oh, Randy, come over and let's watch Sorcerer, bro. I can't today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, anyway. Um, oh, Sorcerer's so good. You know, I, I, at the end of the day, I highly recommend watching Horror in the High Desert. Again, if you're a basic bitch, if you're, you know, waiting on bated breath for the new Tarantino film, maybe, maybe it's not for you. I don't understand these shots you take in QT, bro. <laughs> Why are you taking all these shots at Q-Tick? I don't know. He's a nice I'm, man. I'm jealous. That's with an why. enormous head. I wish people wanted to hear me ramble about films for what 14 hours. What size hat do you think he wears? It has I'd, to be an, at least an eight. Uh, he's probably never got a fitted hat before. I, that's what I, think. I, don't know if it, I don't know if a fitted hat could fit him. <laughs> Randy, your thoughts? I have no idea what head sizes are, so I'm going to go with eight and a half for uh, Fellini. Randy, that is an enormous hat. Sounds that fine to me. E that is an enormous hat. What am I, like a six? 
Yeah, I'm I'm between um I'm like seven I'm seven and a half is pretty good for me. Um so eight and a half and that's big. That's big. <laughs> With my hair, I think I was seven and five eighths. But my I I got thick hair. Yeah. That's why I stopped wearing hats. I made a commitment to the length. I had to let people know my culture. Um two things that uh I want to touch on very briefly before we move on. There's a moment where uh, his older sister finds out about the blog and goes to download a video in order to bring it to the police. And she ends up deleting the video. And I'm like, did somebody who's never interacted with the internet make this movie? Yeah. Because that, that chain of events just is so unplausible. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she found his computer access the blog fine maybe he's already logged in but then you're pulling the whole mixer when you Am do I? that yeah it's fine now um Apologies. then she tries to download the video and accidentally deletes the video and nobody can recover it i'm like okay also there's another moment where uh uh we frame up an sd card and we zoom in on it and there's dramatic music oh, that man. plays and nothing happens in the frame except for a really subtle zoom and it feels like it goes on for a minute. Me and Clark both out loud started laughing. It it's kind of a beautiful thing. Like if you were to turn that into an NFT, I'd pay like 0.01 uh, Ethereum for it. I'd happily have that on my digital wall. What's that? Like $200? Uh look it up. I I don't want to. It's fluctuating. Right, what's Ethereum at right now? Dude? Not sure. Bitcoin's having a a good day though. Oh. <laughs> okay, and I have one more surprise. Um, Thomas, you know, he likes our segment. And Thomas, we love you, dude. Um, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of this and really keeping me on the found footage-like effort. And um, what do you do when you appreciate somebody? You, you give them a gift. So he gave us a gift. I feel like I owe you one now. And uh, he said, you know, last week we talked about not having an outro for the TBR report. Yeah. The TBR report. But now we do. And uh, thank you again, Thomas. Here we go. This concludes the TBR This concludes the TBR Love it. <laughs> He's the best. It's good. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> You're, he's smiling so big. That's all I can say. Thanks, Tom. All right. Randy Michael. What's up? I believe. Now, what are we going to call this? So, you know, uh, you know, we, we have to do Randy retread. Wait, <laughs> is this the week where Ran Russell, you're doing a Randy I'm doing retread. a retread. We got a retread trade. Doing a retread of you, dude. Uh, we're retreading the. Whoa. A Russell Randy retread. Triple R, dude. Triple R. <laughs> okay. R cube, dude. Loosen up that headband. It is a little tight. <laughs> Mine is definitely tight. I just squeezed into it. I didn't adjust it in any way. It's anywhere. tight, and it's also tight. Tight square, dude. Got it. <laughs> Randy, do you have a bandana at your house? No, I don't have a bandana. We're all rocking bandanas, dude. I know. By I need way, to get I one. I posted it immediately on Instagram, and it's already catching fire. Oh, yeah, right. I've seen it. You it's took a good. picture of me. Yeah, it's all... Oh, he takes the worst fucking pictures. Y'all aren't going to like this one either. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, I hashtagged it, bandana boys with a Z. Oh my god. You fucking idiot. By the way, that was already a very popular <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy. 
Bring us your R cubed, dude. Sure. Yeah, I watched um, Caveat <laughs> from um, Damien McCarthy. Oh, KVT? Huh? KVT? Cavet? Yeah, I I know the uh, English language, so I knew how to uh, pronounce it automatically. That can't be, that can't be an English word, though. It's going to be French. Caveat definitely is an English word. <laughs> we use caveat is a very common word. Hey, I'm just standing up for my friends, okay? It's pretty good, though. <laughs> no, uh, I really liked the intro, like pre-credits. Absolutely, like loved that. It's, um, you know, there's no no dialogue or anything. It's just very moody and very creepy. The um, little uh, what is that? A rabbit, like a, a rabbit playing drums. <laughs> that little doll is like very creepy and like the I don't know. Everything about it was just like very um, well well made, and it was a very cool practical effect. Um, yeah, I really liked the production design and like the muted color palette and everything. Dude, the muted color palette might be my favorite thing in the movie. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. What? What? Why? Like, I don't. It's got like the Terry Gilliam kind of like life to the environment. Yeah, but there's something about it just being muted. It's almost like edgy Tim Burton. No, I don't like that. the The bunny is definitely edgy Tim Burton. Yeah, or like um um possum. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's it's nowhere near as like uh hard art like possum. Though. Yeah, possum was like suffocatingly like yeah tense. But, Sorry, Randy. No, it's all good. Um, no, I, I yeah. So all that stuff I really liked. Like I think it looks great. Um, but I don't know. It, I didn't love the pacing of it. It kind of dragged a little bit. Like towards the middle, started to lose interest for a little bit, and then I had to uh, I don't know, reimmerse myself a couple minutes later. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like it's kind of like a, a cat and mouse game, sort of. So it felt like something creepy happened, and then like the person went back to a situation that was like it just kind of had a, like a big uh, back and forth, kind of like Willy's Wonderland. You know how there was like a fight, and then there know. was like a scene where he just like chills, and then he like goes back, and then he like kills some other robots. Yeah. So it had you know what? it had that weird pacing for me and it kind of I don't know, it kind of felt a little repetitive. Weird. You know, the I think the problem with Willie's Wonderland was you're correct. It was, you nailed it with the pacing. Yeah. But I think there was no story backing up Willie's Wonderland either. Sure. Like the the thing in Caveat, the story it evolves pretty much the whole movie. And there's always like something new to look forward to where in Willie's Wonderland it's kind of one note. I'm with you, but I liked how it looked. I liked how the puppets looked. They looked cool. Yeah. I, it the just, songs were fun. I wanted it to be a lot more campier, which is weird. Oh, like, for yeah. sure. I wanted more gore and more action. And Yeah, I don't know. They had plenty of soda, though. Caveat had a lot of ideas. Like, Randy, what did you think about the whole, like, you're chained to a leather vest? That was cool. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the imagery and, like, the ideas were, like, creative and thought they were cool um but yeah so it was just not s&m what's going on here <laughs> yeah. no no s&m i might have liked it more if there was oh and by that i mean go. san francisco symphony and metallica oh <laughs> but no i think i uh so i watched it this morning i just well, like boy. had to uh i had to watch something before the show um and i think if i watched it later at night where i could see things a lot better too um and kind of like I don't know, be in the more in the mood. I'm willing to give it a second chance is what I'm what I'm saying pretty much. Um so I didn't hate it. I thought it was thought it was good, but I'd like to see it in a theater would be great. I think I would like Dude, it a lot more. A hundred percent. 
I was actually thinking about that where I'm like, this movie needed a like independent theater treatment. Yeah. Like it would be so much fun to go into a little theater and just be like, all right, what you got for me? And it's like, they got a lot. There's a couple of scares in that movie. I mean, we had been drinking mm-hmm. and they were working on me and we were, we, it was me, Oksana and, uh, you know, our buddy Terrell, the Blu-ray Tuesday homie. And also, uh, I wasn't going to bring it up, but Randy sold a copy of Uncle Peckerhead to Terrell, <laughs> which is great because Terrell recently got influencer status on Instagram. So, uh, Randy, you did a lot of good with your threatening people on the street <laughs> yeah. bit you did last week. I'm just saying, um, find me on the streets and we'll talk about how good Uncle Peckerhead is. <laughs> and then you'll yell at him. Now, I, the movie fucking worked. And honestly, fuck, maybe we should try and get it to play in a theater out here. That would be fun. Yeah. Try and find somebody. To, I, this is an Irish production though, right? Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know going into until like after that intro. And then I started hearing people talking. Yeah. Fuck it. I mean, if we want it to happen, we got to manifest it. Oksana, get on it. Start looking into that. Besides. Randy, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you, you know, uh, when I do my movie, I think it's going to be a swap. Same. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Nice. And I'm not going to take much more time at all. I'm just going to say, uh, you guys know how I'm contrarian about things on the internet, like YouTube and TikTok. Correct. But um, I think I need to download TikTok now because I found out your boy Neil deGrasse Tyson is on TikTok. Oh my God. Watch the video today. It's pretty good. I'm not a huge fan. It's got a lot Randy, of content I, on there. Randy, <laughs> I have no other feelings in disappointment right now because... <laughs> I was so proud. You, you, you know, when you take a stand, even though, Randy, I may disagree with your stand, uh-huh. I respect that you're taking a stand. Sure. But the fact that you're going to break down your stand for fucking Neil deGrasse, lame-ass Tyson for <laughs> TikTok, just shame. Hey, man, I spent many, many hours on tours listening to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on Star Talk, one of Why? the first podcasts I listened to. Really? Yeah. You know he got me, too. Kinda, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the situation was. But um, some other other nerd bitch said that she (laughs) fingered him or something. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And he—that's a me too for him. Yeah, because apparently (laughs) he shouldn't have fingered her. I don't know. Oh, I think you said she fingered him. Oh, that'd be fun. (laughs) 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 He—he's really into Uranus, you know. Oh, nice. I mean, I I know. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, you know. I walked to that neighborhood. <laughs> you put you a might ball. Might as well knock on that door. You place a ball on a tee, and somebody's gonna hit it. Randy, anything else? Uh, just lastly, the uh, I think I've talked about it on the show before. The TV series on HBO called Betty. It's um directed by Crystal Moselle, who did uh Wolfpack, that documentary about those kids in New York City who uh, never left their oh. apartment. Yeah, we were, uh, that was a little bit of a disappointing. Yeah, and then she made a movie called Skate Kitchen, and then this show is essentially um, kind of like an offshoot of that movie, um, so it features a lot of the same uh, cast and stuff. It's basically just about um, kind of like young, like 20s, mid-20s um, girl skaters in New York City, and I don't know, it's it's really fun. The first episode uh, just came back this week. So th- th- this is scripted? Yeah, it's scripted. Okay. How was Skate Kitchen? Did you watch that? I don't think I watched that. Yeah, I saw it. I think I saw it at the Roxy a couple years ago. Um, I, I enjoyed I it. Yeah. It's, 
got um actually i forget no it's got <laughs> jaden smith i couldn't remember his name Ooh, jaden yeah that was random but yeah skate kitchen's good and uh yeah betty betty's fun on hbo maximum yes sir all right guy Ritchie is a filmmaker that we are all familiar with allegedly uh, for i mean so so that's the thing right he's Guy Ritchie has had a very interesting career. You know, he started out with his British gangster movies, okay? Of course, we're talking Lockstock, Who's Smoking Barrel, Snatch, Rock and Rolla, Revolver. <laughs> then he made that weird Madonna movie that no one liked or understood, you know? And then we got Man from Uncle, King Arthur. Aladdin came out of nowhere. Then he goes back to his roots in 2019 with The Gentleman. I like The Gentleman. The Gentleman's fun, but it's very much within that Guy Ritchie sort of gangster thing. Now, 2021, we've got Wrath of Man with Jason Statham. Now, I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school here, but your boy, Clark W. Little, is a fan of Jason <laughs> Statham. I like Jason State. How can you not like him? I think he's kind of boring. I think in terms of an action star, he's fun. He's got his quips. He's British. He's bald. This is, this is a stereotypical action star. You know what? Wait, go back. That opened on my birthday. I would not have gone and seen it. You know, I, you know he's... Ah, so action stars, right? Yeah. I don't like the effeminate skinny guy. The, the pretty boy. Uh, obviously, I like the uh, muscle-bound, uh, long-haired, like sword and sorcery shit. Because you're Arnold all the way. <clears throat> and then he's a little bit of an in-between, but he's also in an area that I really don't like, which I would call like the modern bald MMA guy. Yeah, like I'm not into that. Like I don't know. I like uh, clearly he's he should be more up my alley than like. But it's an attitude thing. I know, and it, it works here. Kind of cool guy. It's a di- but it's a different role for him, and oh, here's man. why: because he's the boss. You don't know he's the boss. Mild spoiler alert, <laughs> but he's the boss. A little spoiler. So with Clark this, Little. This story is broken up into, I believe, four segments, and uh, it's, oh, it's like that show, Undercover Boss. Yes, <laughs> it kind of is actually, um, and the story. Uh, sort of leaves you it's 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 done by four different segments and the timeline is a a strew throughout the whole thing so it takes to the final one to everything come together and you figure out how we got there. wait is that yes post malone is in this as well god (laughs) hell yeah um spoiler alert post malone gets his head blown off oh i I might watch it (laughs) also the quickest cut from brain uh hemorrhage i've ever seen in my life so wait, spoiler unpack alert, that? Jason Statham blows his head off. Okay. <laughs> shoots him in the head. Dude, you should have led with that. And then it and then it cuts to his blown up head with his brains for maybe half a second. And then oh. they cut. Mm. I'm like, that's weird. Um, it's just like eh, brain. And then it goes away. <laughs> so essentially what happens is that uh Jason Statham is hired uh as a part of this cash uh truck company delivering uh cash to banks and retail stores you know the like yeah um when when i used to manage a video rental store 
uh, I would go. I have to go into the bank every day to drop off the deposits and uh, get change and what like. And uh, often I would see the cash delivery trucks uh, go into the bank. And you know they've always got the heavy vest on. Uh, actually, uh, one of my friend's dad worked uh, for a cash delivery truck uh, for a short time. So um, as a part of this, uh, Jason Statham is on the cash truck. Now I will say. So many cash trucks get robbed in this movie. Like, I don't know how real. Like, Well, you showed I, me a video of a cash truck that was... Yes, in South Africa. That's wild. Uh, Randy, I'll, I'll, remind me, I'll send you that one. <laughs> um, Tweet it out. So, uh, I be- they don't really say it, but they're pretty much... They're in Los Angeles, and Jason Statham is a part of this cash truck, and they get hit. But J- And Josh Hartnett is freaking out. And Jason Statham's like, hey, put your asshole back in your asshole and let me take care of this, all right? Oh, God. So then he goes, and then he kills 37 people, including Post Malone. And then <laughs> him and the guy from Manhunter, who are, who is in this, um, Flattop Magoo, they're like, who is this guy? He's not a cop. He doesn't smell like a cop. Who is Flat this? Top Magoo? That's what I call him. What, Dick Tracy? The guy in Man... That guy. I don't... I wouldn't call him Flat Top Magoo. He had a flat top of Manhunter. What's Manhunter? That show on Netflix about the serial killers. Oh, yeah. Everybody told me to watch that one. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, maybe. Was I'll that go. Fincher? I Randy? think so. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked uh, Manhunter. Not the, not the film, which I also liked the film. I didn't like the film. Hey, let me tell you something. I haven't now. watched it in like. Michael Mann is perfect in my eyes. Thank you very much. <laughs> And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you with that. We've already mildly spoiled this, um, but essentially, say well, we <laughs> more more comes into play um, as Jason Statham's son actually gets murdered um, in an actual heist. Then we learn that Jason Statham actually runs a crew, and then we then then they're trying to find out who hit that crew, and. Uh, then we fu- we figure out this uh, this band of soldiers who actually started knocking off cash trucks. So the final act is essentially now. Yeah, I'm going into spoiler territory. So Randy, let yeah, I can can I do some mild spoiler. By the way, I paid twenty dollars to rent this movie. By the way, because I did the quick math and I'm like, you know, by the time I go to the theater and maybe buy a soda, maybe a popcorn, maybe some sort of ice cream treat or a hot dog, I'm running twenty dollars. So you know, I've already ordered pizza. I'm here in the room. Let's you took $20. a terrible photo of us. I just looked it up on IG. Yeah. And then I tried to take a revenge photo of you, and you look good in it. I fucking hate yeah, you. Yeah, baby! <laughs> Every time that fucking happens. Okay. Well, y'all ought to pose. I didn't know you were doing it. Also, long story short, I'm photogenic as fuck. And y'all need to get together. Wrath of Man. I, Randy, I like this movie, man. I've seen it one and a half times. I think it's fun. It's, um, again, the suspension of disbelief, that has to be there. I don't think this many cash trucks get knocked over on a regular basis. But um, I, it's not, there's not a whole lot of uh, playful banter in this, opposed to, you know, what you are accustomed to with Guy Ritchie movies. This one's a little more darker, uh, just in tone. The violence is there, um, as you would expect, um, and it doesn't get too dark. They 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 go into one corner where they're like, 
um, they're trying to figure out who killed his son, right? And they they finally get a name, and they say, oh, it's the Gashy Brothers. If it's anybody, it's the, the Gashy Brothers. The Gassy Brothers? The Gashy Brothers. <laughs> and they're like, man, that's some fucked up shit, the Gashy Brothers. The kids, pornography, drugs. They And then they named one other thing that was like, wait, that too? <laughs> it's like, that's weird. Um, it'd be funny if I could remember what that was, but it doesn't matter. And then they go to the Gashy Brothers, and then it's like a bunch of naked fat girls, and then they, they let them go. But they shoot everyone else. Wait, naked fat girls? Who are underage. By Wait, the way, what? let me tell you something. They were like, Jason Statham's like, how old are the girls? And they're like, not old enough. He's like, give them the $2 million and kill everybody else. And so they did. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially what happens is that we find out that a group of veterans started knocking off cash trucks because they were they had nothing else to do and they were in the support group, and they had, were all in Afghanistan together. And they're like, <laughs> we're bored. I need a mission. Like, one guy's like, it's a zoom, a zoom of a guy just holding a baseball, and he's squeezing it. He's like, I just need a mission. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then that's, they start small. Um, they, they, one guy was a security guard at a, a house, and they, they framed it to where they knocked him out, and then they stole the job. So he was the inside guy. And then they, they did a small robbery, and then they started going to cash trucks. And then so they had a guy on the inside who was given a mentel on which cash trucks to hit. And then, unfortunately, Jason Statham's son and Jason Statham got in the, call, in the middle of one of those. And so then Jason Statham took the job as the cash delivery guy to try to figure out what's going on on the inside to kill everything. And then he eventually does. I just spoiled the movie. Okay. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was so much fun. Um, it's exactly what I wanted out of this thing, and it, it did surprise me a little bit. And Statham does a great job. Statham is great in this. Did you really spoil it though? Like, if you're coming into that movie looking for a deep and like complicated plot, no, I mean you're, you're looking for boys to get his uh, fucking head shot off. Josh Hartnett is also good in this. He's just a complete idiot. He's great. Yeah, I don't know. This is fun. If anything, I've come out of your uh, Clark Little spoiler alert wanting to see the movie more. Because I am an excellent storyteller. But why were there fat, naked, underage girls? Like, why, why was it important that they were, like, overweight? Because that's what sells, dude. Okay. <laughs> were they taking them to, like, the pig community because they were going to eat humans? See, that's the, they, they didn't really go into it like that. And if they really wanted to get weird, they could have, and they didn't. That's a little weird. Also, there's a guy in there on uh, Jason's crew. Um, Oksana, can you scroll down to the cast here? Because I'm not going to be able to pull his name, but he plays Moggy in the movie, and he's got the coolest voice ever. Scroll down a little bit. That doesn't pop up. Oh, well. (laughs) He was was in the Nicholas uh, Reffin television series. Cool. Scroll down a little bit. I'm still confused. I feel like this Oh, yeah. Babs... Olus Olus Mukun, he's tight. Oh, I think you might. His name's Moggy. Yeah, Moggy. Moggy's tight. I like it. He's great. All right, he's my new favorite actor. So you watched a spiritual sequel to uh, Bullets of Justice? That's cool. No, wildly different. (laughs) Wildly different. I don't know. I think a trucks of fat uh, people. I think of that movie. 
Do you remember why? (laughs) Okay, okay, just making sure. All right, are you done? Yes. Five stars. Really? That's high. (laughs) Are you high? No. I thought you had a joint next to you. My my vape ran out, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> vapor boys with the Z? I bet that hashtag's blowing up. Oh, vapor boys? Yeah. See you later, boys. Okay. Go. All right, what the hell did I what did I watch? I keep forgetting. You're an R Cube too, dude. R Cube too. Oh, oh yeah. Um yeah, I had a Randy retread. And again, you know, I asked Randy what he watched before we started recording. And he was like, Yeah, it was a recommendation. You know. There is somebody on this show who will listen to recommendations and even watch them sometimes. And it hurt really bad, Randy. You know, I'm not Clark. I'm not, it's not a song and dance I'm doing up here. And when I forget that you talked about a movie, it kills me. Literally, I cut myself because of it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna fix that. I'm going to go out. I'm going to watch a movie that Randy covered. And it just so happened to be in your town, too. And I, I was like, should that. we tell Randy? And uh. Well, I guess it's not in your town. It was close. Yeah, it was on that side of the water. I wasn't there anyway, so you lucked out. Yeah, I knew that. That's why I didn't contact you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but we are supposed to do an East Bay hang with Randall. Yeah, we got to. And we went out to the Shattuck. If you've been to the East Bay and uh, had the pleasure of going to the theater in Berkeley, you'll know that it, they have zany rooms there. They have like an Egyptian room and they have a room with stars on it. And uh, they also have a really dumb COVID policy for sitting down where you have, there are only two seats next to each other available. Yeah, that one is cool. Yeah. What room were we in? I can't, I don't even know. But, um, man, first off, theater looks beautiful. There, I walked in and the dude, uh, there were two people who were buying a ticket to, I think, a quiet place. (laughs) And the dude was trying to talk them out of it. Because he's like, you want to see a real horror movie? Go watch Censor. He's like, that movie, A Quiet Place, just a lot of loud noises, man. And I was like, okay. Uh, I mean. I'm like, dude, A Quiet Place was pretty legit. What, was this guy 24 in a graduate program? I Probably. I mean, he had long hair. It looked like we'd probably be friends. Anybody who's opinionated, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd get down. But I'm like, oh, don't say that. Like, why are you pitting these two movies against each other? Yeah, it's true. Anyway, I went in. And uh, I had no idea what this movie was about because clearly I'd forgotten that Randy had covered it. And I know he watched it as a part of a Sundance or was it Cannes? I don't think he it was Sundance. Okay. And it was kind of confusing to me that it got in the programming. Just from the opening, it looks like it's going to be kind of like a low budget kind of campy film. I mean, everything looks very polished. Like there's a real crew. It just looks like it didn't have a ton of money. And, uh, very stylish, a lot of low light going on. And you want a cookie? You get in. No, thank you. I'm recording right now. I don't want to <laughs> eat them. <laughs> and, you know, remember, new format next week. So, <laughs> so the film takes place during the uh, what a, a lot of the horror fans know as the, the video nasty era mm. and early 80s. We're in the UK. And this is when they were censoring a lot of low budget horror films. Now, to be clear. I know a lot of people really love to deep dive in here and like kind of like understand what was going on in the psychology of people and why we were doing this. And I'm more on the end where the only thing I cared about video nasties were seeing the films because they're banned and it it gave them that elevated, uh, put them on a pedestal. Now I really don't know a lot about it. And I, I was confused at first because I'm like, 
who's this movie for? Is it for the people that are really into it or the people that didn't know about it? And really, it's kind of just like uh, it's a platform for the film. To, it's a launch pad. And we're there with one of the, the censors who's actually like cutting up the movies. Now, in my mind, it kept reminding me of a movie called Evil Ed. Uh, if you've seen that movie, we should be friends. I mean, clearly you're listening to this podcast. And Evil Ed learned that he should not have cut the beaver rape scene in that movie. And I, that kept echoing in my head. Now, Evil Ed is also a like, I'm in the, uh, what do you call it when you're developing photos? Is that the red room? Dark room? No, the dark the dark room. room. The red room is our friend in Canada. Oh, slasher victim. Oh, my friend. Yeah, it felt wrong, but oddly right. So yeah, so it, it's got that dark room vibe, like everything's dark and we're working on something. Except, you know, the films about people who go into this dark room and watch the most violent or like grotesque parts of movies and have to deem if they're acceptable to put out. It's kind of an impossible situation to be in. Also, these people have a lot of power. And their judgment seems like, what are the rules you're basing it on? We don't get a lot into that. Instead, this film's about our protagonist who has her own personal trauma. And when she's watching a movie, it gets, it gets stirred back up. And I thought that was so interesting. And it's a perfect shutter movie. And what I mean by that, is, I, I was talking to Clark about this earlier. If you had a gauge and, or a pendulum, and on one end is art house, and on the other end is just entertainment, I feel like I would have loved this movie if it had gone more in either direction. Mm. We're like right in the middle. Mm. It's a very stylish film. And there's a lot of like in probably the second act, there's a kill that happens that is just like, wait, is that real? Like, did somebody just die that way? Because until this moment, we've done nothing like winky. We've had no winky whoops until that one moment. And it's so like that can't be real. Like this can't be happening. And you're like, oh, maybe they're leaning into that. Except, you know, in a movie like Black Swan. Or what's another movie where uh, a video drum is probably my favorite imperfect movie where you're following along and then you get to a point to where you're like, it's muddy here. And I don't there's no clear narrative. Like it kind of feels like the, the filmmaker had fucked up narratively. And in this film, that never happens. You know exactly where we are. Uh, I should say they do a little bit of distorted reality with our protagonist after uh, her trauma gets stirred up. Except it's never confusing. You always know where we are. You know what mental state she's in. And then visually, they kind of like take a. Uh, they make a choice towards the third act. And they really lean into the whole VHS element. And it's interesting. Um, there's another podcast out here in the Bay Area called Scary Thoughts. They do like philosophy and horror. And they did an episode on Dungeon Synth. And I, I'm not going to try and set up Dungeon Synth. Um, it's, you know, electronic music that has like medieval themes. It, it harks back to a lot of like uh, dungeon crawl video games and black metal. And they noted that a lot of the material would get put out on cassette tape or there'd be like on purpose poor recordings in an attempt to hark back to like a uh, prior era. Like this is old. Like the fact that it came out on a tape means it's old or like forgotten or like we drudged it up. And this movie kind of did it too with the VHS tape. And it's weird because it's like, 
I don't know. I felt like it's the wrong era. Like, I don't think people really celebrated the VHS tape in its like era. Like, you know, people weren't in love with that format. It was just the only just format the thing. Yeah. So it kind of put me in a weird position as an audience member where I'm like, I feel like you're doing a signaling thing to the retro, like, like me, like I love collecting VHS tapes and you're, it's so clearly aimed at me that I kind of got like repulsed yeah. a little bit. I get that. But ultimately, Hey man, it's a good film, except when my review is, Hey, it's a cool movie. I feel like, uh, like, and that's not really like, again, we're here. We're in like three territory for me. And, uh, it's, I don't know. Oksana watched it with me. What do you think? Let me turn over your mic. Am I like crazy here? No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I think I enjoyed it more than you did. Um, I didn't feel like targeted by it or whatever. Well, there's a lot of shit in here that it was like tangential for me that I feel like could be really important. Like she's the only, she's a female character watching horror and there's a lot of like sibling stuff going on. I'm like, maybe there's like a gender narrative in here that is kind of like over my head. Or maybe the whole like video nasty era thing. Like, I don't know a lot about that. And I'm like, is this like an important moment? Or did this like did that somebody actually go crazy? Yeah. Because in the movie, they blame her. They blame her directly as an anonymous, like kind of like censor for passing a film that apparently inspired somebody to kill somebody like that. And it was like, oh, they cut somebody's face off and ate it. And they blame her for it. And I'm like, is this like a blaming women thing or? I don't think it's a gender thing at all. What'd you like about it? Oh, well, I, I like how a lot of the sets looked like horror sets. Like they were horror movies when it was just like her walking down like the subway or whatever. It's a good point. And like a lot of the, the lighting I really liked, uh, like multicolored or technicolor looking. Damn. Yeah, you're right. Her real life did look more of like a horror movie. And then as we move through the film, yeah, that kind of distorts into a, yeah, you know what? I you're smarter than me. I think it's raised to a three and a half. Yeah, it's right a probably now. a three and a half. <laughs> this is why I like her. Perspective. We never even talked about the film after watching it. No, we didn't. We came right home, started drinking, and watched Caveat, and then nobody talked because the movie's engaging. <laughs> and picked me up from the airport. No, this one, after this one, we watched Tony. Okay. I, I, it doesn't matter. Oh, I'm turning off your mic. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. But I, I think I feel like Randy felt with caveat where I'm kind of like, man, I would have liked it to go more in either direction. Randy, what, uh, give us a reminder. What did you think of this? I remember liking it a lot. I do kind of uh, forget what happens in the third act. I kind of forget how it all wraps up. But no, I, I really dug it. I think I gave it like a three and a half or a four after seeing it. Well, Randy, you watch 300 movies a year. So. Yeah, I know. Master, I haven't and, watched as many this year. Last year was like extra crazy just because, you know, didn't go anywhere. So, yeah. And there was like 80 film festivals that I attended online. God. I was going to mention also the theater we saw it in, we were like way super in the back, which we usually aren't. And it was like really quiet, which maybe. It was really quiet. How many people huh. were in there? Maybe 10, but it was it, everything. Mask on or off? Mostly, I think, I don't know. The person directly next to us, the only one I could really see had it on. So but we, we were eating popcorn. Echoed. And it, people it, were making out with their mask on. It was so quiet. <laughs> That even when the movie was kicking, you could hear chewing. Mm. And when it was quiet, I found myself like leaning forward physically trying to hear it better. So that that might have played a part. Yeah, I think I think rewatching this one with like higher volume or rewatching caveat with like less 
natural light. I just, you know, it's, it's the fucking third act. There's a moment in this movie where she's a hardline censor, but her trauma is kind of addressed in a film. So she ends up sneaking into a video store trying to rent a movie that's below the counter because it's been banned by the government. And if we could have lived there, like just how a horror movie can be cathartic for people and like how the terrible elements could be like, and again, I hate these talking points because I feel like every fucking hack horror fan is like, oh, it's catharsis. And, and you know, honestly, I, I want to see Post Malone get shot in the head. Yeah. And it's not that I knew another guy that I'm like, oh, it's cathartic for me. No, it's just, it's gratuitous. I know that. But in this movie, I felt like they had a relevant point where this girl did not want to like horror movies, but she ended up needing them. And then the third act, we don't go there. Post Malone, not a bad actor. Not a bad musician. I it's Randy real. got me with that Nirvana cover. It's real good. So, yeah, I don't know. You know what? Fuck, man. Talking through this movie, I think I like it more. Four. No, three now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so now we're going to throw it to the portion of the show, which we have not yet recorded, but we're going to be talking to our friend Kai here momentarily. God, is, how long? When was the last time we brought Kai on? I, I feel know. like it was, well, it, I don't think we talked to him during the pandy. The pandy? Yeah, it was pre pandy. Oh, he's definitely pre pandy. It's probably been like several years. Oh my god. Um Kai's Kai. our friend. Yeah, I'm Why trying to look it up. Him in the fold? Uh but I believe he's got an event coming up at the Balboa Theater here shortly. I mean, we are getting back to the days of yesteryear, so um Super Shangri La is coming back. So uh Kai will be back on to talk about um, his ongoing program at the Balboa, which, of course, was on hiatus because of, uh, mm, well, depends on how you view it. Was it a bat? Was it a lab? I don't know. <laughs> but oh, a bat or a dog? <laughs> was it a bat from a lab? Is that something we could agree on? That a maybe dog. it was a bat, but the bat came from a lab? Dude, it looks like Kai was on here March uh, 8th, 2017. Oh, no, we've had him on. I don't think so. Since then. I don't know. I that may have been the first time we had him on. That's wild. Yeah, I don't actually know. No, we had it, dude. We had first time he was on. He came on in the Disney Dungeon. Yeah, which was had to have been the first thirty or twenty episodes. Yeah, the Disney Dungeon. We used to record the show with our. And I remember complimenting chair. him on his uh, fedora. I also remember talking to Justin, our uh, the old third host, and um. He was just like, oh, you have fucking strangers coming over my house? And I'll tell you, him and Kai are fucking butt buddies. They love yeah. each other now, so. Yeah, it didn't take much. No, it didn't take anything. It didn't take anything. Yeah. They mentioned, he mentioned, like, one, like, deep cut TV show from the 70s, and that's all it took. Or he might have shown up with a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And they're like, oh, in love. Yeah. He showed up, <laughs> yeah. He talked about Tiki Bar, and then Coop pulled his pecker out. That's all it took. Oh, damn. <laughs> his emotional pecker. Don't know what that means. Okay, there we go. Randy, do something with emotional peck. Could that, could that be the new side project? Down. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, I'm excited for the new format. Yep. Uh, what did anybody keep track of time right now? Like how long are we? Uh, at? One thirty. Yeah. One. Th- yeah, I know. I know it. Yeah. Well, say goodbye to it. Goodbye, horses. All right. Here's Kai. Goodbye.
Sky, how you been, man? I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I've been, I've been great. Now, I mean, uh, I've been great. I, yeah, it, that is true. It, it, within within all of our parameters. Yeah, um, because you know, like I haven't lost any family members. I had one uncle who passed from you know the the the, uh, the plague, but he yeah. had it. He had just had crappy health, anyways, and it would yeah. took him like a year. But like in the grand scheme, like I work at a haunted hospital by myself. I have one security guard in the whole building and I've been working there for a year and a half. just like playing classical music and uh, whatever I want to play as loud as I want. And it's just been amazing. All right. Let's circle back on this, this <laughs> haunted hospital classical music situation. So, so what is going on? So I work, I, I'm the community and office coordinator for a giant nonprofit in the Presidio. Okay. And they have a 50-year lease on the old Letterman Hospital, which is this giant hospital complex. It has a whole bunch of nonprofits, like 40-something nonprofits in it, mm -hmm. um, with probably a skeleton crew of like one person that comes in once a week for each office. I don't see them because I stay in the main hospital wing which is like three huge wings. That's like four wings, actually. It looks like a trident. And um, anyway, so it's just me and the security guard. And there's one other employee who hangs out in the farthest wing from me. Um, and I, I see her maybe once a day. So other than that, it's just me blasting, you know, credence and whatever I want to play all day long. And I don't, I have zero human interaction. It's so cool. I mean, I like people, you know, and obviously when the world reopens, like I'll be hosting like, you know, art shows and stuff there. But for the past year and a half, it's been nice and relaxing. So. Well, that's, the, that's the best of both worlds right there. Cause you're, you're technically out in the world, but yet you're still alone. That's a win on both ends, man. I'm, I'm it, jealous of that. It's great. I remember one time, uh, this goes back, uh, 10, 11 years ago when I had a haunted house in, in Los Angeles. And I said, well, I got to go find out, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So I went, after the medium gave us the name of the guy, I went downtown to go look in all the county clerk's records office and stuff like that to find out where this guy, you know, if he really was, you know, owned the house or, you know, lived there in the 40s. And so I went to this, I took this elevator. It was almost like it was, it was like right out of like, um, like a MIB or a Twilight Zone where you take this elevator and it goes down four floors underneath, like you are underneath everything in Los Angeles. And the doors open, and there was this giant, looked like an underground library warehouse full of humongous books that were like four feet by two feet. And these two guys working there, only listening to AM radio because that's the only reception they could get down there. <laughs> Sounds and, weird. Yeah, and they were just had these giant books, and they were just as happy as clams, not having to deal with humanity at all. It was really cool. Um, and that's that's my life for the past year. <laughs> Did you do any paranormal research in the hospital? Oh, my hospital. So the ghosts don't come out till the nighttime um, or early morning. Uh, there is a third floor um, that has uh, a ghost that the uh, the janitorial staff actually quits because of. Um, but I don't. I'm not around that late at night. Um, and in the basement, there's a, a ghost that uh, talks to people when they're in the records room. Um, but I never go down to the records room. So, like, where I am, there's no ghosts. Like, there's no lunchtime go ghost? No lunchtime ghosts. I mean, there. yeah, 
I mean, there are like my old office when I seven years ago, I was in the same building and there was a room that like one time an old like Korean war vet shuffled in with his wife um, and he looked at me and he goes, I used to um, I used to uh, do, you know, perform surgeries in that room. One time late at night, I performed a surgery and an apparition was watching me from behind right there. And then he shuffled out. and I was like, wow. <laughs> an apparition. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to, I think it was actually in San Bruno. What, or no, what, where's the pancake house? The Milbury pancake it's Milbury. house. So in Milbury, there's also like a library. And for some reason, there's like some ghost hunter that likes to do once or twice a year uh ghost hunting talks and lectures at that we, we interviewed him on this very show <laughs> oh you did oh yeah, did. yeah yeah so i went to one of his uh lectures and he was did i we were we already talked about this and he was just like it'd be really great if i could go in, into the letterman hospital in the presidio because of all the ghosts there and i and I, afterwards i'm like hey dude i'm like i work there and there's no one there you know at any time this is before the the pandemic but i'm like um, you know, if you ever want to do it. And then so after after the uh, the plague hit, I was just like, there is nobody here. So if you want to come out here like this is prime time, you can, you know, goof around with all your uh, ecto gadgets you want, you know, but he never reached back to me, which was really weird. Oh, J- Jim, I think so. Yeah, uh, Jim, what? Uh... He wrote the books that has like the, the you know, the bridge. Oh. Maybe the Bay or the Golden Gate Bridge on the front. I don't know if Jim wrote any books. Now, you're right. We did talk to a Jim, but he had like empty nest syndrome going on where his kids just moved out and he bought a bunch of uh, video equipment. Yeah, he'd sold a business and he's like, yeah, I got a bunch of money, so I, I just need something to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this guy, this guy's probably a virgin and he's probably in his 50s. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't rolled him out yet. But we probably know him anyway. That's the ghost. Uh, ghost. Yeah, I'm about to catch a. I think this is a wolf spider. There's a giant ass spider, and I'm a. Ooh, I wish I could. I wish we were on live video so you guys could see this thing. This is oh, a whop. This I'm, this mother. Oh. I'm gonna tell you right now. Last night I was cooking uh, a very good uh, French toast. Um, by the way, if you want to make good French toast, get brioche hot dog buns. You're welcome. Anyway. <laughs> I I saw a giant spider in the kitchen. He was on the uh the backsplash going towards the spatulas and I couldn't smash him, so I just let him go his way. Wait, so why couldn't you? It was a weird angle and it was just the way that the the it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Do you need a stool? <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I mean, it, I set myself up. Dude, That's we right. were watching a movie uh, I can't even remember what it was. The last movie we watched together down in the theater room. And um, there's a spider walking on the wall and it distracted me for like 10 minutes and it walked into one of my DVD box sets. And we, I, we live in spider town, dude. Yeah. Kai, we got they're everywhere, like different yeah. kinds. Ugh, hate them. All right. Now, uh, Kai, we have a very important question before we get to, um, you know, the, your show coming back, which we are all super excited about. The first thing we want to know is now, yes, we, we are fully aware um, and th- th- this is one of the reasons why we love you, Kai, is that, you know, you y- you don't really pay attention to the new things coming out. But we did have Godzilla versus Kong. So did you see it? I didn't see it. I did. I did watch, a, I think, a YouTube of Mecha Godzilla to see how he was. 
<laughs> there we go. I mean, are we are we are we rolling right now? Yeah. Oh, We're okay. Going. Well, I luckily you can't see my hair, but okay, good. Um, uh, I did not see it, which is really weird. It was like the first Godzilla movie I have not seen, uh, ever. I think. I don't know. I don't. I have such mixed feelings. Even the last one that was in Japan, which was just like all meeting, talky, talky, talky. I was like not into that one either. Dang. And to be fair, we we did a we would have placed a bet on you not seeing the new movie. Oh, really? But, yeah, we had to. I I don't know. You just you you don't strike me as the type to like run out there and go watch Godzilla vs Kong. Yeah. No. Yeah, because you know what? The axe look just like the axe from like the Thor Ragnarok. And I'm just like, you know, like in the Mecha Godzilla, that's great. But I was just like, I don't know. He does look cool, though. He does look cool. He looks pretty cool. uh, Was there a Mothra cameo? No. (laughs) They didn't have Rodan or didn't have. I mean, I do. I like the I like Angelia. I mean, I have a. I don't know if I told you guys this is like dork dork five thousand, but like I have like a huge tattoo of Godzilla fighting Megalon on my arm. You know, like I'm into it, but I don't know what they're doing now. It's just like so much CGI. It's like it's pouring out of my ears. Well, they're paying for the third house in the Hamptons. That's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Just so much. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's pretty much the reaction I wanted out of you. Yeah, I was looking more forward to seeing a uh, quiet place too, which was as hallmarkish as it gets. But you know, it was relaxing and enjoyable. Oh, wh- where'd you watch it? Oh, I watched it at the Balboa. It was like me and a whole bunch of teenagers. <laughs> it was like, I was like, let's. This is like the first time ever. I'm like, let's see if this super serum they gave us really works because none of these teenagers they could give a rip, and they didn't get their you know, their cootie shots and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no. Um, and that was okay, I guess. It was PG-13. <laughs> so. That's rad. I didn't realize the Balboa was playing it. I think we went and watched it over at Tan Fran. Yeah, uh, the Balboa just recently reopened and the Vogue opened. Um, I mean, the world's just reopening now, so it's super nice. Um now is the Balboa now today we had the announcement where you know we're we're, we're fully reopened now and uh um, they pulled that back already I had he- also like heard hours that. into it they so, moved it 2 days So further. here's what happened I went to Trader Joe's this afternoon oh, and yeah. everyone was wearing a mask except for two people Uh-huh and I, and I had my mask rebels I was, just, <laughs> I was like man I thought you we know? I thought we did it Oh so Clark that's I went to Trader Joe's on my lunch break today too yeah, it was the same thing. And the only people who weren't wearing masks were like these like vain looking 60 year old ladies who had been waiting. They're probably on the prowl, you know, these old oh. cougars. <laughs> they, they were waiting. They could not wait. They got dolled up to go shopping and they had their mask off and they were prancing around like they were the ones who probably sent back food at restaurants. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, they didn't care about anyone. They were just there for, you know, whatever. But uh, but hey, if they if they were you know truly vaxxed, you know they they got the word that they were good to go. So you know, go to Trader Joe's, get your uh, salad in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I, we guess we got to get used to it, right? It is. It is weird. 
I, yeah. I went outside not having a mask on and it just felt weird. It felt, I mean, I don't know. I think eventually we'll, we'll get right back into it, but it is still weird. Now where I'm at, I've been working through this whole thing out, like driving around San Francisco and doing like labor Yeah, in a mask. I am ready to fucking mutiny. I am so tired of wearing that shit. I get oh, that. Like I get fucking angry today. And now that it's hot, I'm like standing there looking around. I'm like, Y'all motherfuckers are vaxxed in here and our government like the country's open, but California, we're going to we're going to stick it out longer. And I'm like sweating through the fucking I'm like, I'm ready to flip my damn computer at work. And yeah, so I'm on the other end of this thing. I'm ready to come hang out and hug people at your show, Kai. Oh, get ready. You can hug me. I I do kind of miss when we had remember when it first started. Well, remember when it first started and it was cool because you could wear like uh, handkerchiefs and you felt like a train robber. And then <laughs> yeah. everyone and let's face it, everybody in the whole US thought people are gonna turn into zombies. And then there was like <laughs> there was like this secret, like, you know, like all of a sudden you're gonna wake up and you're gonna see some, you know, some dead dude like straggling down the street at you. You know, like that's that's when it was sort of cool. And then we have to wear these lame masks and, you know, lame shit. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> I wish we would have ter- turned into zombies because I think we would have solved that shit quicker. I think you did turn into a zombie. You were home all day. I've always been a zombie. <laughs> what do you mean turned into one? I came out the womb a zombie, baby. All right, Kai. So it's time. You're bringing back the show. You coming back it. with it? How excited are we? I'm pretty excited. I, you know, honestly, I, I was just like, I'm gonna show like the first two months, just like a couple soft, couple soft turkeys, just in case, you know, they turn out slow and soft turkeys. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, only on this show will I announce what I'm secretly gonna show next week. Dun 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 dun. So I am gonna show the treasure of the four crowns from '83, right? But yes. before it, dun 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 dun, I'm gonna show the 90 minute short that has Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell, which is called the uh, Cincinnati oh, Cleveland Cleveland Smith Bounty Hunter. Have you guys ever seen that? No. no. It's a nine minute. Um, it's on. It's well, I don't even want to say where you can find it, but you know, you can find it. You can find anything on the computer. But anyways, it's a nine minute Super 8 short, and it's very reminiscent of. Uh, some of the jokes in Army of Darkness. Um, but anyways, yeah, 1982, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Oh, and wow. it is a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoff, much like the Treasure of the Four Crowns, which have you guys seen Treasure of the Four Crowns? I have not. No. Okay. I mean, it's, it is an amazing, amazing piece of work. I think it's Italian filmed in Spain in a castle. These treasure, this treasure hunter guy, he has to get the super team to go to break into this castle that's run by a cult. And the cult leader, I think he's from Hoboken, New Jersey. And, <laughs> uh, and it's like these dudes, these dudes got like, someone got a like a, a 3D camera and they're just like, let's go bananas. So there's like a 3D scene, like every three or four minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> And because the pl- it, obviously it's a it's a we're running this on a glorious DVD player. Uh, there's no 3D, so we're gonna have a uh, I'm just gonna have a drinking game that every time there's a 3D scene, you have to take a chug, and it's probably like a two or three beer movie 
because of all the 3D scenes. It'll be great. <laughs> Kai, I am so happy. I, you know, I was going to ask you about like drinking and I'm like, do you think people are going to be weird? Like coming out to a theater, hanging out and drinking because uh, it's the only thing I want to do. And oh, you've yeah. made me so happy with you got a game lined up and everything. What I'm are people so going to get weird about drinking? <sighs> That's yeah. the escape. Probably man. never. But I mean, I just imagine that the. Uh, that I don't know. So the Balboa, you know, it's a neighborhood theater. And for yeah. some reason, I, I just imagine that people have become so tribal during this lockdown that like when a neighborhood theater gets invaded, people are going to be like, you know, walled up and on defense. But I know the Balboa has been operating, right? They've had like outdoor popcorn service. You can walk in and buy a beer and walk out and drink it on the street on Balboa Street right now. They don't. That's like totally thumbs up by the city. So you Whoa, can yeah. you can open you can open container like you're on like Bourbon Street in New Orleans. It's yeah, the whole I, pandemic they've been doing that. So it's like it's pretty cool. People come in, they say like, hey, I want to buy a beer because they got those they got some pretty fancy pants beers at the Balboa. And um and then you just walk out, buggity bug. The only Kai, person- if you if you sh- would have seen Russell's eyes light up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard I just listened to a podcast where somebody was talking about how in France they have like wine carts, like a hot dog cart. Yeah. But you get wine and, you know, you can drink it out there and it's nobody even thinks twice about it. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we make it such a thing by outlawing it. Like, you know, there's that extra. And I, I just felt that so much. I'm like, dude, it's hot right now. Hanging out in front of the Balboa, like drinking a beer outside. Yeah, dude, so I don't. Nice. Perfect. And my, the only problem was I was talking to people about the Balboa who didn't drink. So they failed to mention that. They're uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, come down and buy some popcorn. And I'm like, that's a little out of the way for. Well, hey, it, it only <laughs> took a global pandemic. I know. <laughs> yeah. It, for this it, to happen. And they got corn dogs now too, so the world's the world's getting better. They got corn dogs, dude. Corn dogs, yeah. You could even throw the corn dog in your popcorn, so you can have a a, a surprise. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when you reach down there for the popcorn, you you can grab the handle of the corn dog, then it's corn dog time. Or you put it in upside down and let somebody oh. else reach in there. And they're, like, and they're like, that that's not the that's not. You put it in someone's lap, like that's not the corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kai, when I saw that you were playing this movie, I, I, you know, I've been going to your shows for so long. One, I actually thought it was a little too current, or I'm like, oh shit, we're doing like 83 here. That and the other thing, it. well, the yeah. cover also it looked so much like Indiana Jones. I'm like, it's got to be like a bait and switch. And I'm going through IMDb looking at the photos, and the minute I came onto the cult leader, I'm like, okay. This is clearly like a hidden gem that Kai knows about because this dude, oh, yeah. this bearded guy in a red robe with a Triforce on his head, like that—that's straight up super. Looks Shangri-La. a little Sean Connery-ish. He, he does, yeah, he does look a little Sean Connery-ish. Uh, the, the, the movie is like nonstop. It is nonstop uh, action. It is action-packed, guaranteed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, it's good. Um, since we're on the show, do you guys want me to tell you some of the other secret shows I got lined up? Oh, please. please. Secretly, only only listeners of the Overlook Hour podcast will know about these shows coming up. Uh, well, actually, there's already one in July. I got the William Shatner double feature. Oh, boy. Um, that one has Impulse from uh, 74. And it plays, it's William Shatner, and he's this gigolo that goes around killing uh, kind of like 
older gals for their dough. But, <laughs> um, and he's he's kind of a nervous wreck, right? And then the the I don't want to give it away, but there is his arch enemy in the movie. Well, he's got two. One of them's like this nine year old little girl who's figured him out, <laughs> and the the other one is his old crime partner who has to fight him. And his crime partner is Harold Sakata, who most people know as Odd Job from Goldfinger. Oh and, boy! Yeah, and he drives around in this Winnebago uh, with this big sign that's saying Karate Pete. And so there's this fight scene with William <laughs> Shatner versus Odd Job in a car wash at like midnight when it's running. It's so good. What is that movie called? It's called Impulse. All right, and then what's and the other? Uh, the other one is the horror at thirty-seven thousand feet uh, from seventy-three. And that's Excuse where, me, the the horror, the horror, yeah. Oh, the Angel, horror. The horror. Okay, the horror. I the whoa. Yeah, not the One Mile Club. It's this is like uh, <laughs> he's a or the, the thirty-seven thousand feet club, I should say. But it's um that one has got that's got a crazy cast. It's got the professor from Gilligan as a pilot. Uh, William Shatner plays a kind of a doubting alcoholic priest and it's got the gal from Amok time from star trek who oh no 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 not Amok time maybe she was that too but she was the um the the the, uh what is it the tears of uh oh my gosh of a clan elon of troyes anyway she's in star trek but but anyways it's william shatner versus a uh i think it's a pagan druid temple that has some demons trying to cut loose and get out on the plane. Uh, Cause the, uh, yeah, I don't want to tell you anymore, but now, anyways, it's... this is interesting because when we think of early William Shatner, we think of the twilight zone of him freaking out on a plane. So, Oh yeah. He went through a plane phrase. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. A plane phase. Was that, that was nightmare at 20, 20- Nightmare at 20,000 feet or 40,000? Yeah, now we get the horror. <laughs> this is the horror at 37,000 feet. Yeah, straight up, straight up. Uh, and this one was made for TV as well. Um, Typecast. Yeah. And then in August, I've got uh, The Dark Intruder from 1965 with Leslie Nielsen. Oh, and boy. It, and it's Leslie Nielsen versus this psychotic monster killer during the Barbary Coast time of San Francisco, like in the 1860s or 1870s. Um that it's really good. And and Leslie Nielsen is he's like, you know, this is like right before or right after right after Forbidden Planet. Yeah. So he's still like a young looking strapping dude, but they get let him cut loose and he has all these really funny weird like one liner jokes that are, you know, like how he does it you know what i mean so i, I wanted to have i wanted to have in october or november i wanted to have a robot double feature a robot versus robot double feature one of the episodes is a lost in space episode called war of the robots and the the robinson family gets down to this planet and they find um a robbie the robot right and robbie the robot they he's all like uh, dusty and cobwebby and they bring him back to life and he's totally evil and he's like this goody two-shoes in front of the family but he's like a total total jerk and there it's pretty much like a whole episode of robot yo mama jokes with robbie the robot ripping on 
the Swiss Family Robinson robot. It's so good. Love it. It's so good. Yeah. A robot so good. roast battle? <laughs> it, it, it is. It is a roast battle. And you'll laugh out loud watching it. It's really funny. Uh, when is this? October, you said? That'll probably be in October. I think yeah. August I got Dark Intruder. And then with Dark Intruder, I got Night Strangler uh, with Kolchak, you know? Yeah. Um, so th- that's the second. The n- first one was the Night Stalker, and the second was Night Strangler. But the Night Strangler ha- kind of ties into Dark Intruder uh, with the old Barbary Coast sort of feel. Uh, and then September, I've got a Rasputin double feature, and that'll be good because I'll either I'll be, I'm going to have Rasputin will be there uh, live in person, uh, and, I'll pol- and I'll probably be giving away uh, free um, beards for that one. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, Kai, I'm so happy you're back. And hearing these lineups, like all the movies you name are like they're they're fringe for me, like right on my radar. And like I've seen them, but I don't I can't imagine an opportunity where they come up where people come over and be like, hey, let's watch Dark Intruder. And it's so easy for me to get people out to the Balboa to come hang out at your show. So, yeah, I'm already I'm building a crew for next week. I'm I'm oh, so looking it. forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it's going to be a fun one next week, especially if people are drinking with the, with the 3D. Oh man! Now, Kai, here's here's the last big question. Here is yeah. will the uh, will the gong be making an appearance? Yeah, I got to dig out the gong, and I got to I got to find some uh, glorious prizes. So yeah, I can't go anywhere without the gong. Now, do you polish the gong? Is that something that happens? Uh, oh no! What's the upkeep? What's the upkeep on a gong? Uh, you know, it usually hangs out just in my closet. I I may crack it out for something special. The uh, I belong to a I belong. I'm like spilling it on over over the. <laughs> I, I belong to a secret historical group, and I may have to bring it out for a secret ceremony next week. I just gave that away, but I don't think anyone. I didn't know Bohemian Grove was this time of year. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, that's, I mean, that is, I'd like to, I want to check out that owl at some day in my life. Moloch? No, not Moloch, but the uh, owl in the Bohemian uh, Club. Yeah, Bohemian Oh, I thought it, I thought that was supposed to be Moloch. No, it's like a giant, like a giant statue of an of a an owl. I think it's been there since the 30s or 40s. Yeah. Yeah. No. Every time I've ever heard anybody like report on Bohemian Grove, they always said it was the worship of Moloch with that statue. So I just oh, assumed if it were some other deity, I'd be much happier. Let's see. I don't even. What did Moloch? 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 Moloch is the. Uh... Let me pull it up. Yeah. I, I've I haven't been touched up on like anything interesting Moloch, during the lockdown. Moloch sounds like a oh, liberal yeah, art Mol- professor I had. Yeah, Moloch, there he is. Dun 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 dun. Oh I yeah, did- that's where you, you feed the babies in there. <laughs> See, he found it. The baby oven. Uh, you yeah. put you put the babies in the owl? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's a Moloch thing. It's an owl. Look up look up Bohemian Grove Owl. I'm gonna tell you right now, owls are savages, dude. Yeah, right. Hootie, uh, hootie and the bluefish. Hootie, uh, yeah, give a hoot or die. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh yeah, look at the owl. Owl now, brown cow. 
Dude, Bohemian Grove's a trip. Did you ever see that old Alex Jones video where he claimed to like infiltrate? Nah. Yeah, like I watched it as a kind of like a found footage experiment because he claimed that, you know, he had um a camera rolling and I've watched it and it looks unimpressive like a real found footage film would be. And he has a video of the ceremony like yeah. at night. It's interesting. I, I'd be curious to see what you thought of it, Kai. I'm sure you actually, you probably can't find it anywhere now because he's been banned on everything. But you oh used to be God. able to just pull it up on YouTube. Dang. Who, who is it? Alex Jones. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah. Uh, uh, Russell, I'm sending you a text of a picture of this dude who looks insane. I don't know if you have your magic phone nearby, but this has to do with the Bohemian Club. And this guy looks sort of like the this is called the Parliament of Owls, and this dude looks like he's straight out of like a Avengers villain Red Skull guy. He's got the greatest belt buckle I ever seen. He's got a crossbow. Oh my god! He's got a sick belt buckle. The Parliament of Owls. That's a hell of uh-huh. a cool name. Yeah, and the guys. Whoa. The guys, yeah, and look at his name tag on his on his jumper says Phantom Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to uh, download it and send it to the computer. All right, so good. I want to see this sick belt buckle. Yeah, he yeah. he looks like a like a GI Joe villain or something. I don't know. Yeah. He he's fucking cool. Um, have you guys ever heard of? Well, we're talking about crazy looking people. The man from Mars. Have you guys ever heard from the man from Mars who was the grocery store robber? Um, Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> oh like dude him. that is that is an awesome belt buckle isn't that that guy's got it down it kind of looks like an upside down penis <laughs> you got the two balls and then the dinghy yeah you think you had it going the other way right i know <laughs> yeah he's like... if he turns it the other way you can put it in the popcorn no that just means he's down to <laughs> you know what i mean he's down <laughs> Okay, Clark. He looks like he's getting ready for the purge, to be honest with you. Okay, oh. one la- one last one. You guys look up San Gabriel, California, man from Mars. This guy w- could have been a supervillain in real life, but he... Whoa. Blew right? Yeah, this dude's he, a trip. He's got a great story. He he didn't go out so good. He went out with a bang. Dun-dun-dun. But... Uh, <laughs> But it wasn't as good as he should have gone down like cooler. But um, but an interesting, interesting character. And you can still go see his outfit that he wore. It's still at the uh, sheriff's office in San Gabriel. I haven't seen it yet, but that's on my. It's on Santa's list. Wait, so he had a gun mounted on a car? No, no, no. Oh, the man from Mars. No, he just went and he just robbed grocery stores. Oh, damn. Yeah, I would let him take whatever. Dressed like that? Dressed like that, yeah. yeah. A bit of an overkill <laughs> for some baked beans. Yeah, and then afterwards he would he would go back to Oklahoma where he lived, and then he'd say come back out to this you know whatever L.A. Valley, rob again, and then go back to Oklahoma. But he always dressed up like that. He was, I mean, he was probably hoping that he'd get like become a Hollywood you know supervillain. I don't know, but his his outfit's great. If you they like the, his full outfit, he just did a good job. 
Yeah, he'd he'd be an influencer for sure nowadays. Why hasn't Guy Ritchie done a movie <laughs> of this? He actually right? he kind of gives me a Zodiac Killer vibe. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like I'm not sure why. Like there's something about his costume that looks cartoony. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like a little too far. But then you know you hold a gun like that and it instantly becomes serious again. Yeah. <laughs> Kai, you know all the coolest shit. It kind of does. He have like a a suppressor on a shotgun. What's oh. a suppressor? What's a suppressor? A silencer. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it looks weird, huh? Yeah. You got me. Right. I don't oh, know. You're enough. right. Yeah, I don't know. If, if you look up pictures of him, there's some other pictures of him on Computerland. He looks like a straight up like a GI Joe villain. Or it looks like between the G.I. Joe villain and almost like the TIE fighter. Remember the TIE fighter pilots? Yeah. Yep. You nailed it. Yeah. Oh, man. That's where they all get. San Gabriel. San Gabriel. Well, Kai, um, yeah, man, we're super excited. Uh, The Super Shangri-La show starts back next week on June 23rd at 7.30 p.m. 7.30. Getting dirty at 7.30. And then here on out for, you know, for people who got to wake up early in the morning the next day, like I do, uh, I'll probably start showing my double features at 7 o'clock. So that way, my people, man. yeah, they can power through it. And then, you know, if, I don't know if you guys, I got to, I can wake up at 5.30 for work. I have to like digest like three cups of coffee before my brain is ticking. Now, so. now in the post-COVID San Francisco world, where we've lost what a hundred thousand people in California. Do you think we can take any more of a hit to like our artist community or like kind of like the poor culture that would really allow independent theaters to thrive out here? What you mean? What else? I mean, like when the like, do you think we're gonna land? have a good turnout? I'm worried that our culture might have left during the lockdown. You know, I'll be honest. I I have 22 pre-sales for that movie next week. Sometimes I don't even get 20 people to my movies. So so I think people are looking forward to going out and, you know, being out again. I think you need to have more faith in humanity, Russell Fisher. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm constantly glass half full. I just, yeah. I like to. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Have we met? Yeah. <laughs> Not true. No, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I mean, uh, I'm planning to try and do more event stuff coming up. And I mean, I wouldn't do it if I thought everybody was gone. I'm actually hoping that the rent dip and everybody leaving will kind of open it back up and let, um, you know, people buy up these techie homes that are now vacant. Did you guys get a rent disco? Or, I mean, did oh, you rent no. I mean, we, yeah. should, we probably should have lobbied for one because we're paying. There, there wasn't much, so much money. negotiation that happened. Yeah. Actually, Clark got a letter from uh, the city telling him to stop smoking. <laughs> oh, I didn't get a letter. I got a visit from Paul Blart telling oh, him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> really? The, apparently, there's a smoking ordinance in the city of San Bruno. And if you live in a, an apartment complex or a townhome, you can't smoke. Huh. Could probably because of all the gas fireballs. I know, I, yeah, I know right? <laughs> pg and not gonna fix it so i can't have my you know after work smoke yeah you have to go smoke in your car smoking in the boys room no, right? I think he literally walks like down the hill across the street 
Well, yeah, because you have to be 20 feet away from like an open door or some shit. <laughs> Thankfully, people dump their furniture there. So you always got a couch or something to sit but on. But then it's next to a water station. And like, no, stay away 25 feet. <laughs> no smoking within 25 feet. I can't smoke anywhere. Separato sucks. It's full of yeah. spiders and fireballs. Clark, you're going to either get a lot of exercise out of this or you're going to slow down your smoking and save a couple bucks on your packs. What do you I smoke? Got, I already switched over to vape. Yeah, his oh, he did. His ego just took a shot. Yeah, it was I only? It's marijuana only. Is <laughs> no, I have never smoked a cigarette in my life. Do they have like? They must have like some Darth Vapor kind of like oh. vape, vape thing. They are Kai. You give them way too much credit. <laughs> they are not nearly that creative. Don't you think they should just have that? You know, I was just bonking my head the other day because I let someone borrow my Darth Vader helmet, and I don't remember who I did. It was like one of those, you know, sometimes you just forget, and the next thing you know, you're like, where the hell did that thing go? It was probably Coot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, borrow that? He's like wearing it right now. <laughs> he was wearing it during the whole <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Showing up to work in it. Well, his, his daughters have never even seen his face <laughs> Kai <laughs> the fact that you work at 5am and you're still out there putting on these shows I uh, you know I love you to death but I really I think the city needs you right now and I'm so happy to call you a friend and the fact that you've come on the show fuck I think he was one of our first like 10 guests on here right it was early on man. like 5 years ago yeah for the for the Bigfoot Bonanza probably yeah yeah that was- I think that was five years ago or six. Oh, God. No, five. (laughs) I I think it was five because this would be, you know, if last year was a wash, this would have been my sixth year of the Super Shangri-La show. I'm just technically saying it was five because I think I only got in like one or two movies last year. Well, I guess I could say it was six, but whatever. Um, I would. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Kite, you're very important. And, um, I would, you know, you coming back, it really, it feels like this thing's over now <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I'm going to get to drink with you again. Yeah. We'll drink. We'll, we'll even, uh, we'll even share beers. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's totally test the serum out. Right. We'll, put it like a, <laughs> we'll share like a bubble. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, <laughs> I won't, I won't be showing astronaut movies. So people will. Everyone, I don't know. It's going to be really weird. I wonder how people are going to be. Actually, just it'll be interesting when you when we all go to the theater. See if people, some people are going to be skitterish and they'll probably like walk back one foot. You know, when you walk one foot towards them, you know, kind of like doing a dance. Um, and then Russell will smother them with a hug. I I, yes. I promise you, I warn everybody, and I tell them usually before we go anywhere. I'm like, if we go to this mall to watch this movie, I'm going to hug you. Like, here's your warning. If you don't want it, don't show up here. I don't want it. I've only one person. I didn't. And it's former guest on the show. I'll leave him anonymous, but ran into him at Amoeba. And I was like, I warned you. And he was like, uh, it walked around into another aisle. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> so I'm not that aggressive, but I, I'm going to push people. <laughs> <Pretty aggressive. laughs> That's right. You are not getting off the hook though. Kai. No, that's fine. Huggies, huggies. I I love you. Thank you for staying up late and talking with us. Oh, you guys, I have fun. I look forward to chugging some beers and watching some movies with you guys next week.
let's do it, man. We'll see you next week, babe. All right, you guys. Signing off from Alameda. I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, man. Yeah, in a week. In a week. Give it a week. He'll get rid of the rash. Ha, 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 ha.